Hello and welcome to the Super Show podcast, episode number 93. I'm your host for this week, Jamie, and joining me, I'm very glad to be able to say I've got, in the immortal words of our good friend Steph Murphy, uh, a couple of players. Um, a couple of players. Two of the most elite level players you'll ever meet in your life. The hardest of the hardcore. First up, uh, Chris looking a little bit disheveled, but all, all, all the same, kind of slightly ready to podcast. Is that a, is that a befitting description? Dude, I like... In any moment of any day, I'm fucking ready. You shove a microphone in front of my face, I'm fucking there. But yes, I am looking disheveled. I need a bit of a trim. Thank you for pointing it hey, out. Hey, bro, we're, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. We can all do with a trim. One man, actually, that's not looking too disheveled and has, in fact, complimented that undisheveled look with a, a cool blue hue to his webcam in true J.J. Abrams fashion, Mr. Alex Jones. Welcome, sir. Hello, how are you guys doing? What, what right? is the key? Because clearly Chris and I are lacking it to not looking disheveled. I need to know. Uh, it is it's sleep with your hair stuff still in your hair. And then the next day when you get up, you just, it's so like shellacked that you can just style it however you want. That's, that's what you do. To be fair, we do know that Alex Jones uses a lot of hair care products. Oh, yeah. I do. I think the problem that Chris and I are both uh, missing out on for different reasons right now is actually the first word of your advice, which is just sleep in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Bit of He's a commodity gone. those days, a hot commodity. Sleep hygiene, very important. But you know what goes uh, hand in hand with sleep deprivation? Uh, is that it's talking at length about video games um, and all the latest, greatest video game news and gossip that we've scoured the internet for put in a little podcast document that we share between the three of us and then read to your ears. And that is how podcasts work, with some discussion in between. Um, That's like so a how, good plan. When are, when are we going to start doing that? Oh, believe it or not, Chris, <laughs> we started 93 weeks ago, and someday soon <laughs> someone will notice. Um, wow. um, I, you know, I am I'm going to mention I am a little bit tired today because this week I've put in the work, and I think you guys will be happy to know that I've finished a game. Oh, my God. Well. That's just another we'll thing talk to look about forward that to. Yeah, exactly. We will have a catch-up section. We'll be letting you guys know what we've been playing, what we've been up to, from new releases to things that we have cleared from our backlog. And like I said, we will have the latest and greatest in gaming news from Ubisoft's bizarre decision to delay a upcoming closed test for a recently announced video game that was going to go ahead any day now to... More controversial decisions out of Square Enix with their handling of Marvel's Avengers and a potential name change for one of the biggest video game franchises, maybe the most recognisable name in video games of all time, depending on which country or continent you were born in. Anyway, uh, I will take this opportunity to remind you <laughs> that The Super Show is not just a podcast that you can listen to through your ears. It's also a podcast that you can watch through your eyes and you can do so on YouTube. Uh, and if you're over there now, maybe leave a like or leave a comment. We do read all the comments. We pick out our comments of the week. We'll get to one of those later on. And if you'd like to engage with us, I think that's the word, on social media, the name you're looking for is at SuperShowPod. That's the name on Twitter. It's probably the name on everything else. A little bit of searching, you'll find everything you're looking for. And if you want to listen to us, the... Oh, the I don't know the the I was going to say accoutrement of podcasting platform that that doesn't make sense. I, I'm, uh, I'm replacing too many English words with French words today. I like it. I like a bit of the old French. Do, do you know why I'm doing it? In. It's because earlier today I looked up what RSVP meant for the first time in my life. Respond. Exactly. Is it, was it? Do it again. 
Resuvet, s'il vous plaît. Resuvet. It was something like that. Basically, I was trying to figure out if when you're RSVPing to something, do you reply saying, I'm RSVPing? But turns out if you translate the French, that's not what you do. Because no, the French translation uh, is literally means re- please respond. Yeah, respond, uh-huh. res- respond, s'il vous plaît. And s'il vous plaît is like please. So please respond. Yeah. So what you're please. doing is you just really you just got to say, oui. Yes. Oui. And this oh, is no. what. No, 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 no. <laughs> and that's what I did. Yeah, no. you, have to do it <laughs> you have to do it like that. No, no, you no, can't no. sleep here. <laughs> I thought that would be a strange thing to do to react to respond to my cousin's wedding invitation, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we did invite Jamie. He just said, "No, no, no, you can't sleep here." In French. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, oh, that's well. probably going to be the only French lesson uh, for today. So probably because I can't guarantee it. In fact, here's another one: uh, SBVP. Subscribe, see vous play. It means subscribe, please, <laughs> if you're on a platform that lets you do so. Uh, I don't know if podcasts and platforms let you subscribe. The way you find out would be going over to Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, any of those cool places, checking us out on there, rating us five stars. And if you would like a quasi-live experience, if you want the rush of listening to an unfiltered yet somehow pre-recorded version of this podcast, <laughs> you can do so on paisleyradio.com. That is broadcast on Thursdays at 10pm, and if you miss it, it's repeated on Mondays, that link. Once again, paisleyradio.com. Shout out to the Paisley Radio fam, and shout out also uh, to you two for being here. Um, How about we jump straight into some news, and I can get your guys' opinions, which is why you've stayed up this late on a Thursday evening. Okay. Jump in it. Jump. I I jump. What is it, Jonesy? I jump in it. I jump in in it. I wow, jump in. We, we need the, we needed the voice really. It's the accent that makes it. You know, one thing you're not going to be jumping into mm. the uh, the closed test for the <laughs> upcoming free to play shooter Ghost Recon Frontline. Um, if oh, baby. Any, yeah, you know, if anyone out there listening is getting a weird kind of sense of very recent deja vu, that's because <laughs> we talked about this game last week when it had just fucking been revealed. This was that's it, right, is the um, was it last week or the week before? You know what? Time last is a week. flat circle, Chris. I don't know if you've heard so. Technically, last week, the week before, and this week are all happening simultaneously, depending on your interpretation of the flux you. capacitor. Right. And <laughs> I guess how much cocaine you've snorted recently. So A lot. <laughs> Depends how much cocaine there is in Mountain Dew. Uh, all Dew, no, no sugar, which is what I'm <laughs> drinking right now. That's actually what it's I was expecting it to be like diet, but it's, it's actually called Mountain Dew, all Dew, no sugar. I've wow. tried, this is how filth this is. I've gone for a full fat. Oh beverage. my god! How old a are you? Eleven. <laughs> How much sugar is in this? Do you remember eleven when grams that... of sugar? Wow! Do you remember when Sprite had that weird fucking ad with Drake and his ears came off and his head opened up and there were instruments inside his oh, face? Oh, so that was Mr. Potato Head. That wasn't Drake, Chris. Come on. All right. <laughs> no, honestly, it's like the weirdest fucking ad. That does sound. Odd. I don't remember that. No. I had oh, to make a video for someone the other day. And there was an advert in it, and it's annoying me because now I can't remember what the advert, what product it was actually for. <laughs> I think it was a Mentos or something weird like that. And the 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 gimmick of the ad was that whenever he consumed this product, his nipples would go incredibly long, and he oh, walks yeah, around with yeah. these like nine inch long nipples, and he would like yeah, it was like Mentos chewing gum or something. Yeah, and he would do stuff like like, like people would throw rings on them, like it was a carnival game, and he would like <laughs> scratch a record like he was a DJ using what? these really long nipples. Who came up? What nutter was in a meeting? And they were like, well, the treatment we've got for this video is you've got these really long nipples and someone went, I bloody love it. That's exactly what I want. Yeah, well, this, this is the thing. Like, I can, 
I've worked with enough advertising agencies to know that these kinds of ideas go out there all the time. But yeah, it's the other side of the table. Who in their mind says, that's a good idea for our product? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's actually an appropriate line of uh, conversation as well, because when it comes to suits who have no ideas what their consumers <laughs> actually want, um, I don't know whether it was two or three weeks ago, but essentially Ghost Recon Frontline was announced extremely recently, and it was a yeah. first-person shooter competitive squad-based game set in the Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon universe that they didn't ever outright call a battle royale, but it was clear that there were uh, large battle royale inspirations. Pretty battle royale. Yeah, yeah high player counts and all the rest. Yeah, because so, they had multiple modes, right? And one of them was yeah. 100 and... What did they say? It was like 103 or something. Yeah, like yeah. some random, arbitrary large number. Was it not 106? I don't know why I have 106. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double-check it. Either it was, it was, squad, it was, it was some squads number. of three. Squads of three. But it was so. still some number. It was like, it was over 100, but like a number that wasn't not that nicely rounded. But it Jamie, was a weird number. Was it over 9,000? 102. No. 102. There you go. Chris. You were right, Chris. Nailed it. Nailed they, it. Uh, but that, that said, Chris, you've made a good point there. If we do ever get the inevitable Dragon Ball Battle Royale, I think they know what their player count needs <laughs> to be in the, in the, in the range. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so it turns out, this was actually a surprise to me, Chris. I think it was you that kind of painted it to me with like just how close this product actually was to uh, being in some players hands because this closed test was actually meant to happen tomorrow at the time of recording <laughs> as crazy as that is to say out loud uh, that was up until ubisoft announced a last minute delay uh, now of course they have kind of given a statement alongside this delay and they've confirmed that hey uh, the this product is still in development and that they've said that the development team is dedicated to creating the best experience possible. So, you know, broader development and I guess the game's release is still somewhat on track. But the wording around this delay is that it has been delayed indefinitely, which, as we <laughs> found out ourselves a couple of hours ago when we were discussing this before the podcast, is a very fun word to throw around when it comes to video <laughs> games because everyone's got their own version of it. I actually, so I actually looked into the Twitter thing of this. I don't think it was Ubisoft that said indefinitely. From what I can mm. tell, it was actually the articles talking about it. But they were using it in the correct terminology, like classic indefined scumbags. But Ubi said will be, we'll let you know soon or something like that. But I, I could be wrong. Maybe there was another um, something that I missed, another statement yeah. that they put out. But um, I think it was yeah, more the journos that were using the. But indefinitely to me means like forever. Yeah, like. But that, it doesn't. That, I know it means indetermined, or it means, you know, but this, I'm not this, defining how long. But This is the funny thing, right? I guess before, before I started covering games and gaming, indefinitely meant like forever to me, in my mind, to my knowledge. Yeah. But then yeah. when it was like, oh, yeah, this game has been delayed indefinitely. And the first time I think I heard that, I was like, holy fucking shit. It's like, no, it just means that they don't know when it's going to come back. Which, to be fair, could yeah. mean that it's not coming back, but they don't want to put a number on it. Yeah. So yeah, I feel important, like important. I don't know if it's just the way. I don't know if it's just the way game development works or or what, but it definitely does start to feel a lot more grave when it comes to the incredibly long winded and the incredibly expensive process of making video games. Um, maybe that's why we just sort of like naturally tend to be on the more. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's even worse than that, though, yeah. right? Because they're like in their reveal, they were like showing off. Oh, this is our fucking this is a studio in where was it like Bucharest or? Yeah, you're right. It was it was somewhere in that. But but it's yeah, like in that oh, that this is the project that this fucking entire studio is fucking working on, and that's like mm, 
You know that game you were working on that you were so pleased and so excited to show everyone? Yeah, no one liked it, so you're you're fucking in trouble. Like, how shit is that? Which can I um can I give you the actual words from their announcement? Please. Yeah. Uh so they said we have decided it is best to postpone the closed test for Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Frontline. The development team is dedicated to creating the best experience possible. We'll share details on the new date for the closed test as soon as we can. Thank you for your ongoing support. Yeah, you see, that sounds a lot less severe than indefinitely, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Especially because it sounds like, in their mind at least, the roadmap is still the same in so much as there will still be a closed test for this product uh, at some... And I will also say, credit where credit's due... I'm glad that we're getting into the habit now of calling these things tests rather than arbitrarily slapping words like alpha and beta on them that never meant <laughs> anything anyway. Like a test right. is a test. Let's just be honest about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess the thing that kind of ends up being fascinating about all of this, and something you kind of hinted at there, Chris, uh, is that, and look, I wouldn't expect Ubisoft to come forward and admit that any of this, whether it was you know, the delay or... or uh, any kind of changes in their development plans were directly caused by fan backlash. But let's be honest, there was a lot of fan backlash, and it is slightly surprising that a product like this or a test like this would get delayed so late in the game. Do you think for 100% that it was the fan backlash uh, specifically related to how this didn't feel like a Ghost Recon game and wasn't befitting of the Ghost Recon name that caused this delay? Or do you think that there's other things going on under the hood here? No, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I think, okay. and, and I've been reading people's opinions as well, um, which is always a dangerous thing to do. Um, but from what I would understand is that, like, they're not going to go back. They're not going to go away, work on the game, come back and be like, it's no longer a Ghost Recon game. Like, that's fucking, right. as far as I'm concerned, that's cast in stone. Or the I, reverse, go away, remake the game its entirety, come back and go, mm-hmm. now it's a Ghost Recon yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think it it's going to be what it is, and I think it's more a question of packaging. When they kind of uh, showed it off, it was very much focusing on those two modes, right? Like the Battle Royale mode, which they didn't, for some reason, they didn't want to call it like a Battle Royale. And then yeah. the other one was this like Dark Zone hybrid thing. Or it, it was a little bit confusing. I think maybe what they need to do or what they're planning on doing is going back and thinking about how they are presenting what they are trying to achieve, level, you know, less so than actually changing what they're trying to achieve. Does that make sense? Yes. It's the, rap, yes. It's the wrapper, fellas. They're changing right. the wrapper. They're not changing the not chocolate the... bar. The okay. ingredients are the same. So th- this is a beef wellington of a game, and you're saying that fundamentally it's still a very nice piece of beef at the, uh, well, the middle. You see... They just need to put a different mushroom shit on it. This yeah, time. you see, Jamie, it, it's kind of like that, but not really. Like, think of it this way, right? Ogres are like onions. Right, I'm with you. Yeah. Ogres, like, is, it, is that like a Diablo 2 class or something? Because they make yeah, you cry. Totally. Okay. Yeah, and and it's, like, it's like a parfait. And that is a nice rock. That's all I got. That's what okay. I got. That um, jumps can I, around I, so much. That, yeah. Can I weigh in? Because I've thought about this um, not at all um, in <laughs> respect to Chris saying he's thought about it a lot, but... Yeah, no, there's no way that this is because of the backlash. I think it's they're too far gone. Like, games companies, if they're this far into it, what they normally do is they just wheel it out as quickly as possible. I think really, at reality, it's going to be, um, there's something wrong with the test and they can't get it live for whatever reason. And they're going to yeah. make sure that it's... it's what can, about... They can get it out. What about, can we get spicy? What about... <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
what if they only had five people sign up for this clothes test? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know what, like, not, that not, would be amazing. Not worth running, so. Wow, that's Jesus. that would be amazing. If I'm, not, like, I'm not going to switch on. There's do Eve going. I'm not going to switch on their servers for five people. <laughs> like, come on, wacky wacky, come and play my frontline game. It is. It's interesting, yeah, because I, I, I didn't know that this test was happening. I'll be honest. And it's when, when Ubisoft have done stuff, stuff like this in the past. I remember when Hyperscape came out. They are not afraid to put money behind getting streamers to play that game. Yeah. So, like, I presume that games like Frontline will get the same service. You know, in the same yeah, budget yeah. when, but maybe this was just not the test for it, or I don't know. Very strange. It's also just a weird time where, like, you look at what's happened to Battlefield. <sighs> Alphas and betas are strange right now because you know you show people a little bit and they want more. You show people more, they've seen too much. They like what they see. It's a good yeah. thing they don't like what they've seen, and it's the like it's it's sketchy. You've got to you know it's a real balancing well, with, act with, right now with Battlefield as well. It was like. Oh yeah, here's this. You know, we we want player feedback, and then they the players give the feedback, and then the official line is, "Oh well, this is a build from like you know a couple of months ago, so it's a little bit." So irrelevant. what's the point? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what's it's the like, point then? It's like going into school and handing in your your homework to your teacher, and and she's like, "This is terrible." And it's like, "Yeah, well, this is a version I did before I started revising, so that, that, <laughs> don't don't actually mark it. Like I'm going to do a real version soon. I promise." <laughs> Yeah, so what? So what am I supposed to do? With this? Oh, it's just like a, a this, placeholder. Th- yeah, this this is just for you to compare it to. So like later down the line, so you can see how much have improved. <laughs> Not necessarily at launch, but like maybe like a year after launch when I've added all the features I promised in prior to launch. Yeah, I'm the problem. The problem to Battlefield, but yeah, the I think the problem is they have these days is if if the games are so big and unwieldy that you know that it's complete rubbish like the beta that you get the open the close whatever is very similar to the game that ends up coming out and and i think that's that seems to be the rule like we haven't seen many cases where games are completely different or you know have um big changes if and if there are big changes it's usually like a halo situation where it's a you know years down the line or or at least a year or something to get things get things made even even the a game that's just recently launched which was back for blood right so we we were in it in the alpha and we're in it in the closed beta and then the open beta i believe identical um, yeah it from the alpha like it was like the blueprint was there okay it didn't have that little camp that you spawn in it was just a menu that launched you straight in but do, like, don't, would you agree with me that they t- the thing that changed the most between the alpha and the beta was the that they tweaked the numbers so the how many bullets it took to take yeah. down certain bosses it was like they'd let the leveling basically balancing, when you went in on issues. balancing yeah. sorry yeah. they went on a normal mode they balanced this enemy that enemy nothing changed like between of any <laughs> and, substance uh, not to jump ahead in the podcast too much but i have played the released version of back for blood <laughs> and let me tell you if you've played any of the alphas or betas for back for blood <laughs> yeah. You've played black. Oh, actually, played back for blood. Sorry. Actually, that's a really good one because Jamie and I think we we mentioned this. I can't remember where it was a Patreon exclusive podcast or on on this you know free to air podcast. But we were saying that back in the ATG days, you had played so much of the Division Two before it had even come out because it was just we just kept on getting access to all of the things that were coming out yeah. and and we're like streaming them we're doing reviews on them and it's just like it's the same shit over and over again and oh yeah and that exactly as you played it made it into the fucking game i mean i played the opening levels of outriders about 
close to 16 months before that game ultimately came out and it was and it was identical <laughs> like it was identical obviously the rest of the game wasn't there and i'm sure they did yeah. a lot of other work and there's there's tech stuff and like you guys said there's balanced stuff there's a lot that goes into making a game but like a lot of the fundamentals don't change that much like once they've nailed down that vertical slice or the bit that they're willing to let you get your hands on yeah um, right unless then- like you said they like Josie said with halo and we've seen it with some mmos like New World had a bit of this where, like, they just go away for a long time and then they come back something quite different. That does yeah. still happen. Um, the wor- I mean, let's be serious though. The worst one, uh, I think, in modern memory has got to be Marvel's Avengers. Like, that was that was one where we were like, I was saying in the beta, like, because some of it was great. Like, some of it, I still say some of it I loved. The combat felt really good, but the game was terrible. Like, the, the, Lost so much of it, and it was like, oh, but they won't. This isn't not going to be what they release, though. And even if it is what they release, it'll have so much more content, so many more enemy types. And you're like, oh, oh no, yeah. this, this not. It's, it's just this That's is it. it. I don't know if you guys have any like positive beta experiences or beta stories, but one that I definitely remember was uh, the first Destiny, which was a game that I I think we all knew about because it was the new Bungie IP and it was published by Activision and it was this quasi-MMO kind of thing, and there it, lots of anticipation and, and, and content being made around it in the run-up to release. But it wasn't until I played that beta for myself where I was able to say, oh, actually, I really like the shooting, and I like the loot systems, and I like the progression. And I spent a whole weekend playing that beta and pre-ordered the game as soon as it was done. And there wasn't... I was about to say there wasn't a crazy amount of the content of the final game that was actually in that beta, but that's because there wasn't a crazy amount of content in the final game full stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that, I, I remember that being a positive experience. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have hey, anything. I, speaking of Back for Blood, I had a positive experience at well, yeah, Alpha yeah. onwards. Like, it, I knew exactly what that game was, what they were going for, and then the introduction to that card system I quite liked. Obviously, they re- refined it quite a lot. Um, yeah, I, that's... A positive experience for me. I'll tell you a not so positive experience is something that we all kind of had all together, which was Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh what, wow! Was that, was that we? Yeah. we played that, it early through the EA Access EA thing. Yeah, that's and we right. had a good time. Mm, yeah, it was it was a bit glitched in places, but I think we had largely had a good time. I, I went, I went on to buy that game on PS4. All the same, I got it as well. Yeah, and, Joseph, oh, and yeah, I, Anthem. Anthem. Anthem was cool, man. I enjoyed Anthem. I saw you, that you, game. Jonesy, I really and I, Jonesy and I played the Anthem beta together. I remember. We did. And then um, neither of us uh, bought that one, though. Well, I no, well you did. But, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I, I played it on, on that fucking... Oh, yeah. That you, famous stream where... The uh, birth of Hot Panic. Birth of Hot I'm, Panic, yeah. I'm, I'm worried. I'm tempted to go with one that's not even out yet. So obviously it's a bit... doesn't really fill Ooh, the criteria. I know what you're going to say now. Uh, yeah, you probably do. I'm going to say Riders Republic. Yeah, as in what, I, like a, a good, a good experience. Yeah, a good experience yeah. in the beta. Had a lot of fun with it, but then the the issue I'm the, the problem with being in the position where I haven't played the actual game is I can see that like I can see me playing that, having a great time with that when it comes out. But it does need more stuff in there. It needs more content. Like it's got a lot, but it. It, and and there are things that need to be smoothed out, like the the making your own tracks, the making your own um, like down, right, or, yeah. you know, whatever you could. Some of that stuff was a little bit sketchy and a bit, um, but that's stuff they can easily fix. That is the thing they can fix between a beta and a game actually coming out because it's just almost like debugging. I think was the problems that they had well, with that. You, you know what they can't fix, and I, it's a fucking the most glaring example of it: Diablo Two beta. Yeah, 
But I uh, feel like we for resurrected, and they're, they're, apparently they're still having fucking server issues in this that the other. They are, yeah. But I feel like server issues aside, we ended up being somewhat in the minority in our reception to that beta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were. Yeah, and I do sometimes that. wonder what would happen, like if you and me just said fuck it, and like I, I could include Jonesy, but I'm choosing not to. It's a, I'm sort of like opting him out of this one, a bit of a veto situation. But if Chris, you and I just bought that game, I were like, right, let's just saddle up and like play co-op. And even if we're not oh, having yeah. the best time, let's just keep going. Like by about three hours in, we'd probably be having a blast. I think I'm, I'm right. glad you left me out. <laughs> I think you're right, but I think by hour six, we'd we'd be done with it. No, because no, you're, you're Chris again. You're forgetting the narrative, the narrative of every game we ever played together. We would stop <laughs> playing some point between three hour three and hour six, and we'd be waiting to have a second session, and that second session would never come. Yes, true. Yeah, after months and months and months and months and months of waiting, and then I would finish it with someone from the Discord. <laughs> um, speaking of. Uh, fans and our community and the good folks who help us finish games that our real life friends don't um shall we take a little comment of the week hell yeah uh reminder that we find these comments underneath our videos on the youtube channel so if you'd like to potentially write a comment of the week of your own head over to our youtube channel super show podcast and uh get typing this one though comes in from valdemar martinez jr who says, Chris, I think I understand how you feel about Asmongold, where you don't like him, but respect what he does and the like, because I feel the same way about Jason Schreier. I don't know what it is, but I don't really like him, but respect his work and what he does. Chris, thoughts? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I think, like, I can, I can definitely understand why people don't like Jason Schreier, but can respect his work, because he, he does seem to be a man of kind of, you know, a principled journalist. Um, sure. But at the same time, there is something that I can find to be quite grating about him. Like if you listen to his triple click podcast, like th- there's always this thing with journalists, especially where you, you read their articles and you have a clear idea of what they are, who they are, what they sound like, what they look like. And then you watch them and you listen to them and you're like, that's not what I was expecting <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, yeah I, voice. I think, yeah, just yeah. it's grating, yeah. you know. Um, but Asmund Gold is it's it's very much a case of like, I mean, I don't play MMO game MMO games, right? So there's there's that disconnect automatically. But then also like to be so devoted to an MMO to the level that he is, or MMO genre in general, and just the fact that like the guys like, I don't know. He, the part I respect about him is he's still pretty humble about shit. Like he's got all this money, but he doesn't spend it, you know, and he's like still streaming with like a really shitty camera, really shitty lights. And his his room is all fucking messy. But then on the other side of it, the part that I don't like is like, yeah, his, his room is fucking messy and he looks like a fucking hoarder. And it doesn't look like he showered in like six weeks. Like, Oh, you know, and, and then <laughs> when, when he talks about topics and he, you know, I think his way of thinking of things, not always correct, but I think I think his way of looking at things is quite similar to the way that I look at things, or at least I'd like to think so. Um, so, yeah, it's this, this like back and forth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Jonesy, is there any, I mean, within the games industry, it might be quite hard to pick because, I don't know, you kind of kind of limits who you've got to choose from, but are there any figures that stand out to you when you hear about that idea of, 
someone that you perhaps respect their work or what they do or where their opinions come from, but you just uh, kind of don't. I would you, something about them annoys you or like not like personally, not really. But I can, I can, I would people that jump to mind, you know, someone like Neil Druckmann or someone like that, where I think you can have a look at. Yeah, um, you, you might be com- you might complain about um, their games and you might say I don't like what they do, I don't like what they've done, da 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 da. But I would if someone said and I don't even respect what they do or how they do, I'd find that bizarre. Like, yeah, because yeah. you can absolutely dislike a game, you can dislike a, a developer, you can dislike a, a publisher, whatever. But as long as you can see that they're doing something that they believe in and they are into and they care about, totally. I, I, I find that hard to kind of get my head around. Like, it's that idea of just because you don't agree with somebody, it doesn't mean you can't uh, respect the art, respect the work. Yeah, like, yeah. I think like like Jason Schreier, I mean, th- I think you even said it with journalists, it's, it's an interesting one because um, some of the time a journalist is going to say things you don't want to hear about an industry or about a game or about whatever, but... And you can you can not like it, and you can say you don't like it. But then, as long as you respect the fact that they've got a job to do, like you, you'd surely have less respect for a journalist, for example, if they didn't um, do their job yeah. because they were a fanboy or whatever to something. Um, yeah, I think streamers are a little bit different because I think I suppose because it's more like a, it's more like an entertainment thing. They might be playing a character. Like I, I like I've I like Boogie. I don't really watch him, but. I don't think you have to respect like does, Francis, does, the, char- yeah. like the character, because he's he's doing a character. Like, no, it's just, if you don't like it, you don't like God, it. What's happened it's to Boogie? Is he, is he still making content? Yeah, that's the name I haven't heard. Yeah, for a he's, while. he's still about. Like, I I follow him on Twitter, and he still does. He seems to tweet a lot about a lot of stuff these days. Not nothing to do with games. Like, uh, he I think he gets a lot of crap online, and he spends a lot of time trying to t- fix people online yeah, and see, tell them why they're wrong. Yeah, I I used to follow boogie on twitter and i stopped following him for that exact reason it's just like come on man i think the last thing i saw was people were having a go at him because they said he put a load of weight back on and then yeah. he was then arguing with them saying he hadn't put a load of weight back on and he was then taking pictures of himself <laughs> to show how much he and it was yeah like he, weird yeah he's too into he needs to leave those people alone like yeah really. uh, he uploaded a video four weeks ago that's just called 400 pounds i need your help um presumably referring to his weight and not like a superhero money. called 400 pounds. Yeah, or money. Uh, like, <laughs> he needs 400 pounds. I need your help. Um, wow. Which is a shame because I think he seemed like a nice enough bloke there for a little while and then kind of went a bit crazy. I mean, we don't need to dig up that whole ordeal again. <laughs> then he shot but, into uh, the air. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what you reminded me though, talking about the Druckmeister? Um, I, you reminded me that I've had, uh, I was about to say had my run-ins. That suggests it's become personal or even physical at some point. But it all exists within the context of this podcast, which kind of only exists in our heads and our imaginations. But our old friend Troy Baker has, um, oh, has been yeah, the subject yeah. of some of our, yeah. uh, uh, our perhaps slightly meanly worded comments in the past, but he kind of had it coming. And can, can, I, can I throw out a really controversial oh, one? Sorry, yeah. before you do, on you, I, I loved your stories about um, Angry Joe. When you when you were behind him in the queue at the at the EA oh, to play, yeah, yeah to play to play Battlefield Five and like they had they they got all their lists and all their shit completely fucked up and like we couldn't get into play and just standing next to Angry Joe waiting to play Battlefield Five ages. He, he touched the, my shoulder. He touched your shoulder. But the thing that I always remember about your story and please please just if you remember what you had said, how you described his genes. I don't remember how I described his jeans. You're gonna to have to say it for me. I think you were like they were like really weird, like bootcut jeans, but like they went over his shoes or something. Like <laughs> that's what bootcut do, isn't it? 
No, but no, the way, that, the, the way totally that Jamie like, like, described it, like, because you were saying like something like he could like flick his foot and like Gene <laughs> would like flap up and like, I, it just it killed but me like, at the time. I was hoping you'd see, remember. But, you know, yeah. like the leather jacket that he wears on top. Is there anything else that would accommodate that leather jacket, like a pair of oversized <laughs> boot cut jeans that your mum bought you? Like, <laughs> that's the most angry Joe thing I've ever heard. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, I was going to throw out a controversial one. Who mm. it, it doesn't fit the the brief in the exact same way like a Jason Trier or a Nazman Gold or even a Neil Druckmann would, but it's just one of those guys who have an almost limitless amount of respect for his work and his his art, if you will, and like mm. what he's done in the industry. But every now and then, sometimes the persona and the social media game start to give me the heebie-jeebies. A controversial one that is our friend Corey Barlog. Where every now and then I just see a couple of tweets. I'm just like, fucking okay. Like, just shut up. Like, can, can I take your Corey Barlog like, and put, put yeah. a mirror and say, um, Alana Pierce? Sure. Like, like I guess I, the same oh, thing. Oh, like, come on, man. I think, I think, some, I think sometimes yeah. it comes with the territory. Like, they almost like, I'm not going to call it like virtue signaling, but like, there's a lot of like weird tweets that come out of that camp where I'm just like, just, just like, get on with I, your life. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I feel like Alana Pierce is the opposite to Corey Barlog. Like, I get why you say Corey Barlog, because it's like, he's a, you know, he's a guy who works in games, who doesn't need to do the social media thing, who's chosen to do the social media yeah. thing, and has kind of become a personality. Whereas I f- it feels more like Alana Pierce, ha- like, beca- like, became Alana Pierce because of the social media thing and like being a, ju- like working in journalism and stuff. And then she's utilized the platform to develop in the industry do you see what i mean they're almost like a reverse yeah yeah but that's why i said it's a mirror because it's not oh okay it, oh fair enough, but, fair enough. But the, the, Corey's a cory is weird with some of the stuff he puts out and you're like it's it's, not, it, it's like my mum it's like my mum tweeting that's what it reminds yeah. me of if you know, she tweets you, know mu- you know how your mum tells you to deal with bullies that's how Corey Barlow <laughs> tweets <laughs> and he does it like mom, that, he does it on fights that have nothing to do with him like you'll be on like the like some tweet will go viral it's some like disgusting like racist hate fueled stuff and like the top reply will be like Corey Barlog was saying sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt. it's like bro you don't have to go to war like stop saying shit like that <laughs> Like, it's like the, if you're a celeb, I know he's not like a, just a celeb, but if you're a celeb, you don't need to say anything. You already, you already doing you by, by without any of that shit. Yeah, no, just you don't need people, to join in. Some people feel the weight of their yeah. responsibility that Jonesy, they feel they need. That's to say so. Something. Why? It's, it's 2021, Jonesy. If you're a celebrity and you don't say something, it means you're okay with it. Come on now. But then, then think about what all the celebs are okay with. Think about all the shit they never talk about that they're they must be fine with around the world, like slavery, like death, genocide yeah, but, that they yeah, never the, touch the, on. For as long as the Gen Z tweeters are okay with it too, then you're not going to get cancelled, and no one's going to create a fuss. So, like, you just have to be on a <laughs> yeah. bar with them. Yeah, like, you, can still, you, imagine you, can work, you can still work for Disney, so you know. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if someone said to you, "Like, I'm not okay with this. That's why I tweeted about it." And you literally had a list of all the bad shit that's gone on in the world, and you're like, "So you're cool with all of this?" And they're like, <laughs> "Yes, okay. yes, I'm fine." Th- that happened recently with the uh, Ben and Jerry's. They, they oh, were, what was this? Ben they and were in, interviewed they by um, what's that? Are they not dead? No, <laughs> they, they were interviewed by like Axios or whatever, and they they were asked about their boycott of. Um, Palestine well, it wasn't Palestine. Right, right. It was more like the Palestinian occupation and Israel. Yeah, the, the Israeli, Israel. Yeah, and and they're like, okay, but so you're doing it on like ethical grounds. And to be fair, they're a company that are, have a long history of like standing up for ethics. But then they're saying, 
okay, but why are you selling your ice cream in, in red states like Texas where, you know, there's these like um, anti-abortion laws and blah, 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 blah. And they didn't couldn't really give an answer because they thought they were just there for, to talk about like the... Them not but selling is that, it in Israel or whatever. I might be wrong, but is that an is that what aboutism or whatever they call it, where you kind of like deflect from someone doing a good thing to say, yeah, but what about this? Yeah, pretty much. But but that's what. That's or is what, that's something different? I, I've never. No, I said no, no, it's but that's that's basically what Jonesy's saying though. It's like so. Celeb will say like, oh, I like fucking Coney twenty twelve. No, this has got to stop. Okay, but what about like the fucking um, dolphin massacre in Japan? Oh yeah, I'll get I'll get onto that next week. Like, I, I, I feel I, like oh, I just donated to Cancer Research UK, and they go, "Oh, well, you, well, it sounds like you're fine with world hunger." Then, <laughs> but I feel, no, sorry, but I was I was responding to the idea that if a celeb a celeb talks about things they care about, then you're like, "What well, if they don't talk about? It, they don't care about it?" Which is obviously bullshit. They just don't know about most of it. But I think the difference right. maybe I think maybe it's not what aboutism in the Ben and Jerry's case because Ben and Jerry's could boycott, like they've boycotted Israel already. Yeah. So then, to then if they then say, well, "Yeah, we boycott Israel," if you then say, "Oh, you boycott in." This place, this place, this place, and they go like, "What?" <laughs> I don't. Do you know what I mean? I think what aboutism would be more like if someone said to them, "Why don't you boy boycott Israel because they're doing this?" And then they said, "Well, if we're going to do that, we could. Why don't we do?" I think it, that's more like derailing the conversation, right. but because they've already made got- like a never-ending dominoes effect of like we're just going to boycott the world. That's yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many like- fucking things going on all the time. Like fucking hell. Like if yeah. You, yeah, genuinely, if you were gonna go, if you were gonna do like get that political as a company, then sh- then surely like you you are basically saying if you're not boycotting something, you're okay with it. Like which gets that's a very dangerous area to get into if you're a company. Yeah, so, like, that's when that's when you just have to have a section on your on your website saying boycotts and just list all the things like you said, yeah. like just list them out. Should we are we... the most successful company in existence. We don't sell any products because we boycott everyone. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is probably a good time to announce that we proudly boycott absolutely no one. Uh, and not only does that apply to our YouTube and our audio version on on podcasting platforms, but it also applies to our Patreon, which is where you can go to pledge a little bit every month to support us as we endeavour to continue delivering you hot, new, fresh podcasts every week and also a few extra little surprises of bonus content along the way. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash super show. You'll see all the different tiers that you can pledge at. If you pledge at $2 a month, for example, you gain access to a Discord server. That's where you can come and hang out and chat with us whenever you'd like. If you pledge $5 a month, then you get a, gain access to all the bonus content that we've produced over the months, including a recently recorded episode of Full Frontal that I believe Chris went live at, at the time of recording yesterday. Is that... Right or today, earlier today? Today, today. yeah. Uh, we actually had a very top secret special guest for that one. So if that piques your interests, uh, the, perhaps the place to go and look is <laughs> patreon.com forward slash super show. Once again, that bonus content is on the five dollar tier. And while we're here, I also would like to give a shout out to everyone that has continued to support us. Um, and we're going to give some specific name shout outs to people, including Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Jesper Camdal Nielsen, Leo Merger, Magic Ritz, Mindful Pig. Nathan Pierce, part of the 0.2.4%. No, we still don't know, so we don't know that we know. And if you don't know, now you know. Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starful Kid, Zach Cream, and the Big Dogs, Brett Z, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Bookread, Manuel Super Show Simp Guerrero, and Peaswatt. 
Thank you all so much for supporting. And boys, just reading that list makes me very glad that we don't boycott anyone and that no one boycotts us. It seems like a matter of time, though. We're going to end well, up on a list. I mean, you say we don't boycott people. Luckily, we haven't had to come to the point where we've had to boycott people because there are obviously people that we would boycott under certain circumstances. But No, is it, is it we won't boycott like, anyone. What's Chris? Name a person who, if they pledged to the Patreon, you would, bo- you would boycott them. You would reject their pledge. Name one individual on planet Earth. He can't do it. The man has the man has no shame. He would accept any and all pledges. This is how desperate things have gotten. I would. I would. If someone, you know, if some, if some I bad would. dude, I some would. bad dude says to you, "Here, take this million quid." I'm like, okay, it's, I've got it now. You haven't got it. I can do good shit with it. You can do bad shit with it. It's like, why would I boycott that and keep say to you, "No, you keep the money and you do more bad stuff. Take the money." Wow. So Hitler comes over to you and says. Here's here's a bunch of gold teeth that have been, you know, melted off the bodies of Jewish people. There you go. You'd say, yeah, thanks, Hitler. No, because he's not rocking up with a suitcase full of like golden teeth. I'm gonna be like, no, mate, I'm okay with that. He could, he could do. What am I? What like then? I'm gonna go and take them and try and like make them into money. No, I'm right. If if he gave me ten million quid, I'd be like, you know what? I can use that money to do good and to give new teeth. To lots of Jewish people that Hitler's what if, messed wow. up. Wow. What if, can I tr- transplant um, a debate that's been raging on in the world of football over to the world of gaming podcasts? Oh, please do. I love it when that happens. We are, so, we, were... we are so primed and prepped for this line of questioning. What if we were approached for purchase by like, the Saudi Arabian government, basically? Mm. And it's Is like, it they're Newcastle? rich. <sighs> yeah, Newcastle United. And I don't know any. I don't know enough about politics of like um, Middle Eastern countries, but okay, I'm assuming the idea is that Saudi Bas- Arabian government are bad dudes. But yeah, that's, like, di- that's different. But that's different because that's not if you if someone gives you money and you take it, you don't owe them anything. Like you could do the opposite to what they want you to do with the money, right? Like with Hit- Hitler gave you loads of money, you could fight Hitler with the money. Oh, I you. see. I like it. If Twist. Saudi Arabian government buy buy you, then they own you. And then they can make you do what they want, and then you just become a puppet for them. So I would, I probably, if they're, if that's the thing, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. That's I very, would not. We would not sell. That's a very good distinction, Alex Jones. Thank I you. I like it. Uh, having said that, if any uh, uh, oil shakes want to um, partake in some super show, yeah, I might be okay. Al- with al- it. Always nice to figure out the solutions to problems we're never going to have. I- Here's a question. Here's a question. Here Genuine we go. question. Here we go. Genuine question. Okay. At last, Ben, Ben and Jerry's. Right, rather than boycotting Israel, right? Yeah, they sell of all the uh, Ben and Jerry's they sell in a year in Israel. I, I mean, I don't know how much ice cream Israelis eat. <laughs> I've got no idea. Well, but let's hot, say it's a lot. It's a hot country. I'll Google, I'll Google it for you. Let's say let's say it's ten million dollars worth of ice cream. Do you know what they do? They take that figure, they double it, twenty million dollars, and then they go to Palestine and they use that money to do good there like that is such a better they, way of but doing, they never doing stop things. selling it to israelis no they t- but no they take the money they say we sold 10 million dollars worth of ice cream in israel we're doubling that we're making it 20 million um, and we're, we're putting that money onto people who the need average it. israeli eats about 10 liters of ice cream a year which is about half of the usa i don't know, I don't I don't know, know. what that adds to <laughs> yeah, me like, either to no idea. trying to make but 10 you know, litres of ice. I, I eat about a teaspoon of ice cream a year, I think. I don't <laughs> eat ice cream ever. Like, what's, who are these people eating 10 litres of can ice you, cream? Can you guys guess which country eats the uh, highest amount of uh, ice cream per capita every year? Uh, Italy. 
It's not Italy. Oh, no. it's a great shout. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, think you'll get it because I don't. I, there's nothing really that connects them to ice cream. Iceland. No, no but it, you're thinking like it is. It is small. Small but relevant. <laughs> That's probably the worst description of this country. Small, small but relevant. Ignore that. There are well, loads the, of small the, but relevant countries. The only thing think, it doesn't work because yeah. I was thinking at one stage like, oh, India because of the population. But then again, population has no bearing on how much the an capita. average person, person right. has. So, I guess like if you were to look at it like I, the average size of the average person, not necessarily in in like obesity terms because that would obviously be the united states but in terms of like naturally big people if they were more protein ice cream then this might help so is is it da- the danish country? but are you the dutch at the same time it's not the dutch no danish no not it's holland not, it's not european they're not european oh not european size of people fiji big big people chris is the closest so far but philippines more, more mainstream more mainland thailand no less asian Fiji, Hawaii. No, uh, no less uh, la- like. <laughs> so they're an island now. No, it's not Australia. Very, it's its neighbour. New Zealand. There you go. <laughs> that wow. was so painful. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty painful. <laughs> I think, you guys, to be fair, I think you guys should have got it immediately when I said small but relevant. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, okay. I was also trying to think of like a joke of like, do they just make loads of ice cream with lamb's milk out there or something like that? But like, I, I don't know. New That's also not a thing. What's weird about that to me is it, New Zealand famously has similar uh, climate to the UK, doesn't it? Oh, in which question. case, I don't know. in which case, why are you kiwis? Why are you eating so much ice cream? It's not warm enough. <laughs> I I I know a couple of New Zealanders. I'm going to ask them why they eat so much. But then this is the thing. I think ice lolly consumption has a a correlation to weather, but I think ice cream consumption, especially in Ben and Jerry's form, doesn't have as much of a weather correlation as you might have thought. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, because you you think of like ice cream shops, like hey, it's hot, let's go grab an ice cream, or or go. That's the the only time I eat ice cream. Yeah, but this is more like probably oh, you know, you go to the supermarket, you buy a tub and. Just yeah, go just to town. A, a big Maori dude just fucking shoveling ice, it in. Ice cream, ice cream accounts for $1 of every $44 spent on food by New Zealand households. What? No, that's no. so much ice cream. That's just because ice <laughs> cream is really expensive, though. Yeah, maybe. How much do they eat, Jamie? How much does it tell you how many litres of ice cream they eat? Um, so there's two different ones. Uh, World Atlas reports as 28 litres per year, whereas... Um, nzicecream.org uh, reports it as 23 litres per year. Whichever way you cut it, they are amongst, if not the highest uh, eaters. Well, so you're talking, you're talking <laughs> two litres of ice cream each a month. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like if you do, yeah, if you took 24 to be like in the middle, yeah, two litres each per month. What? Okay, <laughs> That's so, so much ice cream. Like, when, okay. okay. so, when that includes fucking babies, then yeah. So hold on, because because that kind of means so Ben and Jerry's tubs come in like five hundred mils, right? So you're talking about like uh, one so. of those Ben and Jerry tubs a week uh, per person. Per, per, that is insane. Like Jamie said, baby's just there shoveling the it in. <laughs> and and do you know what you get out of it, Jonah Lomu. So clearly they're doing something good. And low um, COVID numbers. <laughs> this the the uh, nzicecream.org suggests that it <laughs> is partly helped by. Uh, first of all, the fact that New Zealanders apparently love dairy products in general, um, as well as ice cream. Um, 
that the ice cream market is very innovative and extremely competitive for its size. Um, and they say state here, there's no <laughs> figures to back this up, but they say that ice cream has always been very affordable in the country with ice cream prices over the three decades to 2010. Um, Do you know their most popular flavour is? Thing. But that is also good. Like Ben and Jerry's is expensive here, probably more expensive than it should be, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah it is expensive. But do but you know what the most, the most popular flavour in uh, New Zealand is of ice cream? It's, it's crack. Crack flavor. <laughs> wow. They're all addicted. They're all addicted. They're all addicted. No, but they would have if you put oh, all the crack you, in the ice cream. They'll they they, stop they, eating it. I think they've got a crack problem in Australia because the last time I was there, um, if you go to public restrooms, they've got these needle dispensers in each and every like toilet stall. Wow. Yeah. Is that or is that for like that could be for other stuff as well? I guess like insulin and whatnot. Like. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, so not, it's not for, it's not for insulin, JT. Come on, <laughs> that's good though. That's better than that's better than people using dirty old needles and getting like a yeah he- hepatitis and stuff. Do you, do you want to know more crazy New Zealand ice cream trivia? <laughs> can I give you one? Can I give you one? La- can I give you one last fact? Slap, the second most popular in a lamb on the fucking thumbnail. Oh, mate, uh, that's another thing you guys have to come up with is Ben and Although, Jerry style puns based on New Zealand like legends. Oh, okay. Like, like you could do like Jonah Low Moo Moo Milk. <laughs> I don't know. I'm ru- I run out of ideas halfway through. I was going to say that for some reason, the second most popular ice cream flavor in New Zealand, after unsurprisingly vanilla, is Hokey Pokey. <laughs> hokey pokey. I think I've had hokey pokey. I think it's, it's quite nice. uh, plain vanilla ice cream with small solid lumps of honeycomb toffee. Oh, there you go. It does, it does sound quite nice. Good. Wow. <sighs> I'm not moving go. on. I know you're waiting for me to like to start talking about like the next game related. Oh, can but, I? Can uh, we? We just we're, you, we're, we're pivoting. We can Look, roll this boys, back. It we can roll this back. We, we, no, it was between it was between ice cream in New Zealand and Squid Game. One or two directions for the podcast <laughs> to pivot, and we've chosen. Okay. <laughs> Because of what did I say like about when we were talking about the um, who people would pick as their number one game? It's going to be chocolate or vanilla, and the New Zealand went vanilla. So there you go. Wow, that they did. Jonesy, did you choose your number one games when it came to playing video games in this past seven days? I wonder. <laughs> uh, I did. Well, I only played one game though. I didn't play. But seven, you finished it, buddy. So good on but you. I did finish it. And do you know what's happened? It's this. You know that the stop clock is right twice a day or whatever. Yeah, broken yeah. clock. Yeah, broken. Yeah. Clock, yeah. Um, I've actually gotten quite lucky in that I waited to finish this game for so long um, that they released a uh, an update for the PlayStation Five and a director's cut that actually hasn't been out that long, and I've just finished it. So I'm right, you know, I'm 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 nailing it. I'm I'm on yeah, time. You're on the pu- on the pulse. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that, of course, is Ghost of Tsushima, the uh, director's cut on the PlayStation Five. Um, I have been playing since it came out and really enjoyed it. Fell off. Uh, just not through because of the game through other stuff and I finally um, managed to see the end credits of that game and I'm on my way to the Platinum as well I don't think I'm too far off um, no. a few things to to mop up um, but yeah very good game really enjoyed it I think similar to what Jamie said when he talked about the game at the time like some of the tales about the people that you encounter and things maybe go a little bit wonky in some in some places but not but not like to any bad extent like some of them kind of meander a bit and some of them you're a yeah. bit like maybe drag on for a bit longer than they need to have you um, have you done the icky island stuff no I've, I've left icky island until um i've uh finished the main game and i've and I only finished it last night so i haven't got right, okay. it yet. oh wow it's hot off the presses jeez 
Yeah, I saw the tweet yes. as it happened. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did tweet the uh, a picture of the end credits. Did you see uh, who you got a like from? No. You got a like from like the director of the game. Really? No, I didn't. I swear to I swear. Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll fact check it for you live. So Whoa. you were, you did. Well, who hit the credits on Ghost of Human Directs Cut? Thank you at Sucker Bunch Productions for a bloody brilliant game. One of the likes was from Brian of Tsushima, aka Brian Fleming, uh, co-founder of Sucker Bunch Productions. What? I didn't even realise that. That's amazing. Do you know, Jonesy, do you know why Jonesy, I didn't realise that? Jonesy getting some clout. Do you know why I didn't realize that? Because of idiots talking about SUVs with like taking up my uh, stupid like <laughs> having a go at me and like whatever. Oh, that's cool, man. I like that. Is that has that made your internet night now? All your that SUV has. arguments can be put to one side because Brian they Fleming, can... the co-founder of Sucker Punch, acknowledged. No, nah, man. That, yeah, that's cool. No, it's it's because I, I I genuinely like it when people who make games are really good see that you appreciate their stuff and obviously they do see that a lot but no i'm glad that he saw that because it was a very good game thoroughly enjoyed it um and i'm keen to do the platinum looking forward to doing the ikishima island stuff um, yeah and uh, hey it, for, I, any, for anyone out there saying hey brian fleming's just a serial liker 24 <laughs> hours on he hasn't liked anything else so clearly oh. something special about our own mr jones <laughs> but, um, what were you gonna say uh oh god what was i gonna say <laughs> I, I know, know it was a long was time say. ago. He, he's starstruck now, so you know. <laughs> I'm starstruck. <laughs> yeah. That's my second biggest like of all time behind Rosario, Rosario Dawson, so there we go. Those wow. are two pretty good likes. I don't think I've got any celebrity likes. You do, you do. By proxy, you've got... Celebrity likes. You've got on, Alana, Alana Pierce. Oh, yeah, but not... okay. That, oh. So that was on, on, on Instagram on an account that's not mine, so... Yeah. I, I got um, Sweary. Swear is a good one. Swear is a good one. I'm swear, is, swear is a cool one because that's that's cult, baby. Hell yeah, yeah. Jonesy, did that's we buy you enough time to remember what you were trying to think to say? Oh, I was. I was just going to mention about um, uh, Ghost that it does a good job of like pulling on some of the heartstrings as well. It's got this story is not just one note hack and slash. It does actually quite have quite a. Uh, it's it's a it's a little bit of an emotional roller coaster at points, um, and it does yeah. give you a cool choice. I, I can we t- I don't know. I'm always I'm always um torn in games where you can talk about like endings. I and think things, but we 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 need to set a press. We need to say this is how we deal with it. it Do you know like- what? I won't because the PlayStation Five version has only been out for a little while, and so I won't say it just in case people were waiting for that. You, you need you need to back. you need to give it a time frame. You need to say so. Yeah. When I was in the university, it was the the Spider Man three effect, I believe, and it was uh, no one around the campus was allowed to speak about it until no Spider Man two. Um, no one was allowed to speak about it until X amount of time had passed. That makes yeah, that does make sense. On yeah. campus, but hang on no though, I, I get that it makes sense in terms of like yeah, like setting a precedent for how much time has to pass before it's fair game. But Spider Man two. It's like, yeah, so um, now that we're finally allowed to talk about it, how crazy was it that Spider-Man beat the bad guy? Maybe it wasn't Spider-Man. And won. Spider-Man survived. Was Dr. Octopus failed. Yeah. No, it was, no, you know what? I think I'm getting confused. It was and either, you know that Mary Jane chick? Is yeah, either, like, <laughs> she fell for him. <laughs> Who saw that coming? And she lived too. And you know what? I knew there was something weird about James Franco's character. I knew he was up to something. You know what? It might have been... It might have been the Matrix films. Now that I'm thinking, that makes that that, uh, that makes, makes more a lot more sense. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I go back. But it might have been both um, of them because because I I think from like that was like, hey, any big film, yeah, 
that, that there's there's this like plus, you know, yeah, yeah, and plus even taking the piss out of Spider Man Two specifically for being what would have you can reduce down to a formulaic plot. Yeah, there would sure. still would have been elements you wouldn't have wanted <laughs> discussed around you at the time, right? I, oh, I, yeah, I, absolutely. I, yeah, but yeah. but especially if you're like at a film school, like I was, it was very much a case of like you, you just fucking love film and you don't want shit spoiled, you know. Mm. regardless of <laughs> whether you could divine it from fucking throwing the bones or not, you know? Yeah. Yes. Safe to, safe to turn. I won't say on the pod, but there is something that I will have to ask Jamie after the pod if uh, which way he went. Oh. <laughs> you can guess which way I went. I don't... Uh... I don't take oh, no, no shit, I, Jonesy. I don't take I can, no I shit. Can, I can guess. But it, it was, it's a good, like, you know it's a good game when it when it had me thinking, what would what would Jin do? Like, I thought you were about to say Jesus. <laughs> what would Jesus do? No, what would Jin, what would Jin do? Like, to, if I want to be true to the arc of that character and to who that character is and how I want to finish out the story, like, where, which way am I going to go? Yeah. And yeah. I didn't see it coming, I've got to admit. That's good. It's good. Yeah, it was cool. I, I, I really liked it. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, no, we we should um, definitely circle back on that discussion. Spoiler then, cast on the Patreon. Who knows? Maybe. Do maybe. it. I'm, I'd I'm, have to. I'm never going to catch up, so you guys have got to do it. Well, I think I'd have to watch a YouTube video to to, to get me back up to speed because that game for me came out over a year ago. But, <laughs> yeah. um, what can I say? Yeah. I waited and I only just finished it in a week. When they're playing, you no, you, yeah. you savored it, Jonesy. You know, I savored it. But that that's and the you, thing, right? With with games like. If a game comes out at the wrong time for you, you could completely sleep on it, uh, regardless of how long or short it is or whatever. But if it comes out at the right time, it could be like a fucking 60-hour epic, but it comes out at the right time, you're like, you know what, I'm going to fucking smash this. And you can. It's just, well, like Last yeah. of Us Part 2, man. Last of Us Part 2, I think I finished in three weeks. And that's like unheard of for me with a 25-hour game or whatever that game was. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like games are just going to keep getting better the longer we wait. Like, there's never going to be... A... Oh, the feeling of having to be a part of the zeitgeist for a game is going to diminish more and more and more over time as we continue to get used to, whether it's director's cuts, whether it's games being supported with patches and updates. Like, you didn't just play Ghost of Tsushima over a year after I did. You also played it at a higher resolution, at a higher frame rate, with more features than I yeah, did. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the, that's the name, name of the game thus far. Chris, one game that seems to be uh, inundated with better resolutions, better frame rates, and new features, is possibly the single most evolving, single most astounding uh, example of game design and iterative game design uh, on planet Earth. Um, and that's Dota. What's oh. new in the world? What's new in the world of in, in the king of MOBAs? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Jamie, because um, I've been watching a lot of the Dota International Championship being held in... It's back, baby. It's back, baby, being held in Bucharest. With, with, um, with no live audience, am I right? No live audience. Yeah, there, there were. There was a point where they said, "Yeah, they'll have a live audience." They sold tickets, and then they cancelled it. And they were like, like a week before the event, they're like, and they didn't even refund the tickets. No, they refunded the tickets, but like, you got to feel no, for the did. people that bought flights and hotels because they're not getting their money back. Yeah, um, that's always a risk, right? But yeah, like, oh man, the international, like, like I wouldn't say I'm like a like a massive esports. You know, a connoisseur. I'm I'm an enjoyer of esports for sure when it comes to right. the games that I like. But something about the international is just like the the flashiest plays, the fucking 900 IQ moves, and all that shit. That just kind of like whenever the international comes up, I don't play Dota. But then as soon as it's done, it's like I have a spike in my Dota play. 
it's just like that's the only thing I want to do because it just gets so fucking hype, man. So fucking hype. And um, totally. yeah, the the there was no Dota last year because because of COVID. So they've kind of last year's one that's taking place this year with the prize pool that was like forty three million or something. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, it's those m- prize pools are on yeah. another level. Yeah, it's mad, dude. Like you like you could come last in that tournament, and I think you get like a hundred thousand. Um, dollars or something that's wicked <laughs> like it, 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 it's mad it, it's like literally you could just 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 to qualify you've made that money um but yeah it's it's it, it's been an interesting one right because so a few things that i want to touch on which like i know you guys aren't all that interested in dota and that's fine but there are some very interesting storylines the um the two-time world champion og which is a team that i support they had a very rocky start to even qualify for these games there was a chance that if they had lost one game that they won to get at the qualifications, they they would have been out. Like that's how bad it was for them to get there, and they've just been relegated down to lower bracket. So now it's like, fucking, they got a lot more matches to go before they get to the grand right, finals. Okay. So, right. as as a fan of OG, it's kind of like it's a tough time, but it's also an exciting time because there's a lot of, underdog baby. Yeah, big time. And OG perform best when they're the underdogs. They and won I, it once as, as big underdogs, right? right? Twice, twice. Because they, times won, they, were, they won right. it once as, as big underdogs because they had like a roster change a month That's before. That's the one I remember. Yeah, that was like a fucking Cinderella story and a half. The second time they were underdogs because they, when they won the first time, it was very much a case of people not giving them the credit that they were probably due and saying like there was, there was you know, uh, it was luck, there was a fluke, there was this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. So they went into the second one with a lot to prove and then they right. proved it and they were the only team in Dota history to take the international twice. I can see you both looking down at your phones. So interested. <laughs> and um... Sorry, it just, it just went off. I was just checking, <laughs> making sure it wasn't anything I'm like, uh, to worry it went, about. It's not... it, went, it went off because I texted him, when's this guy to stop talking? <laughs> oh, thanks. Don't ask me then, you dickhead. No, I'm totally um, joking. And then for this one, they're going into it almost as like, the first two, they didn't go in with like a lot of expectation. Even the second time around when they won it, they were like, these guys aren't going to win it. And now it's like, oh, are they going to win it for the third time? So it's a different kind of perspective. And especially now that they've gone down to the lower bracket, it's probably going to suit them better. But the other thing that's really interesting about it is because... I'd, I'd quite... Sorry, you yeah. said, and it made me think of it. Can you, so can you bet on them? Yeah. Is there a thing in esports where you can bet on... Oh, international gambling. Betting on... Is it, I'm assuming, yeah. I've mate, never, I've betting never on esports is fucking massive. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. I literally had no idea. I've never... I'm not a really a gambler. I was like... Because I was thinking, oh, you must be able to. And yeah, if they're you, an underdog... and you if they gamble on anything, blah, blah. right? Like, oh, I suppose so. But um, is it like a big thing? Is it like yeah. a big deal? Yeah, it is a, kind of a big deal. Um, interesting. But the other thing that... And this is an interesting thing for you guys. So on Twitch, they've got this overlay which is like pre-installed. So if you watch a match on Twitch, it's got all of these tooltips. So almost as if you were in the game client yourself where you could hover over a character and or a hero and it'll show you the skills and give you all the stats that you need as if oh, you're in the cool. game. That's the one cool thing. The other cool thing is because it's kind of cool, but also really fucking lame, but it, you kind of get into it. Because there's no crowd, but they are playing on stage. They've got yeah. this thing on Twitch where... You can click on the banner of the team and it'll make a crowd noise, right? 
not just for you, but, okay. for, but for everyone. And it's, it's more a case of like, however many people press this fucking button and start spamming <laughs> no, it, the sure. louder the crowd fucking goes absolutely apeshit wild. It's so funny. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna it's say, so funny. I like you love that. I think that's wicked. You know what, that that yeah. is a more like or, like kind of true to fans way of like generating crowd noise than rather than just like generic playback of any old shite, right? Yeah, yeah. It's representative of who's watching and how many people are supporting yeah. each side. But it's also quite funny when like no one gives a shit about using it with this being like a massive play and it's just fucking silent. And then like something <laughs> stupid happens and then just fucking the crowd goes, ah! Yeah. Hold on. So I, I don't. I don't believe that there's not someone sitting there with a button just so that they, if in case it is just silent, that they can add in some. Rah! Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe, maybe they would. Give me some know. crowd. Give me some of the like that fake, like, like uh, what do we call it? Um, canned laughter. Canned laughter. Yeah, because they're just like, well, this isn't funny, but we better laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is kind of fascinating. But yeah, I've been really enjoying it. The um, the grand final is happening this weekend, so. Oh, fingers weekend, I was gonna ask. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed for, for OG. Yeah, you were gonna ask. No, I genuinely my next question was was what the timeline was because I can never remember how long these processes like you know, some international tournaments and other sports last weeks sometimes. Yeah, no, it's um well it's two weeks. I think we had uh last week last week Thursday or Wednesday was the start of um like uh brackets and then or you know, the pool. And then now we're into main event, which is like main stage event. So uh, upper bracket and lower brackets. And then culminating on the weekend for here's, the finals. Here's the other question then. Yeah. Obviously, not just uh, this year, but like, let's say last year and a few other elements. Let, let's let say if your life had been consistent from mid-2019 through to now. Or when yeah. I say consistent, I mean work, I mean COVID, I mean everything. Yeah. Because I know a lot of the times it's, you know, deep in the jungles of Asia and, and whatnot. Would you, uh, being as it is, you said in Bucharest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you have gone? Yeah, 100%. I, I even looked into going this time around. Um, wow. And I saw that I would have probably needed about 500 pounds. So, to because I So when they release tickets, usually they, they sell out really quick. But I think because of the cold COVID thing, they didn't sell out like immediately, like split second kind of thing. And I did right, actually have tickets in the in my basket but right. then i just kind of like chickened out and God, hey, if you good. chris if you'd bought everything you'd had in your basket in the last 12 months you'd be a very <laughs> happy man yeah but then again maybe i wouldn't you know because True, in, the, in the case of the dotes tickets i would have fucking lost a lot of money right but then a holiday to book like bucharest is one of those places gone. yeah like that's one of those countries nope. for us now romania we're like yeah, but fellas, the reason why they cancelled the crowd is because COVID is fucking going absolutely rampant there, and it's not a country that you necessarily want to be in. I don't know. I saw a TikTok the other day of a guy who <laughs> intentionally goes to holidays in cities that are, uh, are just recovering from terrorist attacks. Oh wow! And he says, and he says the reason he goes there is because travel there is never cheaper, accommodation is there there is never cheaper, events and things and tours and stuff are not only cheaper but quieter, and security is usually tighter than it's ever been before. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, like true. it's everything you want from a place. That's what you're yeah, still but... dealing with the the desperately sad loss of usually thousands <laughs> of lives. <laughs> I was going to say, if you could deal with the sadness in the face of everyone yeah. you see, though, you'd be fine. And you've got one yeah. one like American tourist is like woo. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah, some he, guy do that in um to Afghanistan just as it was like all falling apart? He went on holiday there. Some British kid. Did he he like, didn't get stuck there, did he? He did. He got yeah. stuck. Oh my god. 
Was he yeah, one he of was the like, ones trying to hang onto the wheels? No, no, no. He was, he was, tweet, he was, I think he went back to wherever he was staying and he was like, but he almost had like a mini breakdown on Twitter because it was, um, he, I think he suddenly realized that he wasn't in a good position. I, I'm, I don't know actually what happened to him. He must, I'm pretty sure he must have got out, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, fingers crossed. Not just for him, but for everyone who is there but doesn't want to be anymore. Um, anything yeah. else, Chris, on your, on your, uh, on your recently played list? Yeah, just more Dark Souls. Or recently Souls. watched or anything. Yeah, more Dark Souls. So, you know, just streaming it again. I don't know when I'm going to fucking finish this game. It's like, ah, uh, one thing after another. You'll get there. You'll get there. And people chip- are going to want to be there when you do. So I'm, I'm chipping the- away. And, and like, yeah, for, to the people listening to the podcast that do watch my stream, thank you so much. Like, it, it's weird. Like, it feels like Super Show Community, but it's also kind of like its own little thing, which which I quite appreciate. Um mm. Yeah, no, I, I I like it, and I'm enjoying Dark Souls. And uh, I know, I think it's before we started recording, you guys asked me if I was going to pick up a PS5. Or Jonesy, I think you said you were looking out for a PS5 for me, and I said I don't know if I'm going to get one. And the reasoning is this, right? Because I've got a lot of games to play now, and in January, Elden Ring is going to come out, and I'm going to want to play that. You know. And it's like, do I really need to buy a PS5 to play that? No, I can play it on my PC. So it might it doesn't make sense for me to get a PS5 at the moment. I like the fact that I'm not going to get Elden Ring and I don't care. <laughs> that's such a weird fucking... That's such a Jonesy statement. I love the fact that I'm not going to buy... I didn't, love, I didn't say Look, love. I said I, like. I, I, I like. Okay, I like the fact that I'm not going to play a game that I have no interest in. Okay. No, there's, there's something... It's like almost like a relief. Like you haven't got to worry Man. about if it's good. You haven't got to worry about like have, if you can fit it in. You haven't got to worry about like can I afford it when it comes out? Can I play it when it comes out? It's, like it's size, it's, baby. It's, it's a busy it's time. It's gonna yeah. be one of the biggest games of that year. So you miss that's it. That's why that's why I have the opposite to Josie, where it's like that game will come out, it'll get ten out of tens, and I'll start to go, Oh no. <laughs> oh and I'll start to feel that peer pressure building up. Like, what the fuck do I do? Jamie, it is it is more than any other Dark Souls or Souls from software game, it is very much a case of saying, like, it's co-op, baby. Actually true. <laughs> as, as long as the game is sort of, like, functionally built to support co-op. To, like, there's weird stuff I found out the other day that if you play Far Cry 6 in co-op, which you can do, the, the whole game is playable in co-op. Yeah. But, like, only the host makes progress or something weird like that, or only oh, the what? host gets achievements. There's some weird caveat to it. And, like, I hate caveats to co-op. Yeah, um, right. Or whether it's like, oh, like, yeah, all the enemies are leveled to the highest leveled person in the game, or, like, only the host gets loot drop, or you have to fight over... Like, say what you want about Borderlands 3, but Borderlands was a game 3 that specifically that, like, learned from the other entries in that series to say, hey, here's how to make the most co-op-friendly version of yeah. a co-op game. It's like um, Diablo 3 as well. Yeah, and it's not that I don't trust From Software to make a game that, like, can truly be played start to finish in co-op, but I also kind of think like eh, it's kind of their first rodeo for that. Some of that stuff they've experimented with it before, obviously with invasions and um, uh, well, I, think, can, I think stuff all like the Blood- shit you can do in Dark Souls. Yeah, I think stuff like Bloodborne there was like a decent co-op system. Like, I know, yeah, I know people can you can like summon people into your world and they'll help you beat bosses and stuff. I know that all that stuff exists, but like again, I genuinely think like top to bottom, like end to end co-op that is satisfying. For yeah, both parties. Okay, yeah, I, I get what you're like, saying. Like it, it can right. be difficult. I'm I'm just um, saying, Jamie, that I'll be there. 
I'll be there. This is the other I, problem I've got. Still completely sealed. <laughs> like, like I'm not. I think I've, I've got that staring me down every morning. That um, that was Demon's Souls help. for the uh, audio listeners. Yeah, um, I like this. Um, there's a, there's a headline about Elden Ring from a PC gamer, which was Elden Ring rated in Australia, proving it still exists. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was that article from? Nineteen hours ago. Oh wow! Do you know yeah. what I feel like we might see it next is um, when it comes out. Jeff Keighley's. No, I was going to say the Game Awards will probably get uh, a little something. Something, right? Yeah. Probably, yeah. It, yeah. It was weird because we kind of had like the post summer thing of um, Games Fest, like. Yeah, there was there was Games Fest in 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 kind of, but then there was and then there was like the Gamescom thing. But like for a couple of months now, we haven't had a big show, and now we're getting in towards. We were talking before recording about how the DC fandom is this weekend, <laughs> and we know that Suicide Squad, what's that game called? Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Yeah, and that's such right, a dumb yeah. name for a fucking video game. And Gotham Knights is rubbish. So, and Gotham all, Knights. All these big influencers have been getting um, Court of Owls invitations. Oh, have to kind they? Of pipe it up, yeah. Yeah, I, do you know what? I did have a a, a parcel on my front door oh, from yeah, um, yeah. from Mister Brothers, and uh, I just <laughs> Mr. Uh, Brothers. and I thought I'll open that later. So that that's where that's clearly where our one. Got, yeah. uh, they sent it to my house, guys. Don't worry, Mister um, Brothers, Mister Brothers, Mister Warner. Mr. Um, anything else, Chris? Anything you've maybe you've been watching? Wow. Lately? Well, th- thanks for leading into it for me. Um, yeah, mm, Squid Game. I'm a psychic, haven't you heard? Yeah, Squid Game. I finished it. Um, it's a good show. Uh, I didn't care for the ending that much. I, 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 two, 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 season two in mind for you. Um, in a way, in a way, uh, it does kind of hint at not not hint at just kind of like yeah, season two, obviously. Um, I just I just thought it was an unsatisfying end to a season. Obviously, it's hard to oh. talk about it without kind of laying, laying into any spoiler territory or whatever, but. Like I think there's a way that you can wrap up a season that then leads into a season two, but that is still satisfying for everything that's happened in that first season. And I don't think that they've achieved it in this one. Like it started off interesting. It started off right. well, the the final episode. Like the final episode is almost in like two parts. And the first part was like, yeah, that's good. That kind of makes sense. And then the second part is just kind of like this this is yeah just kind of dropped the ball for me personally. Uh, Jamie, I, you're busy watching it, right? Yeah, but I'm still very early in, so I, I, I'm at episode two. Okay. And again, like we're not spoiling anything, so I won't really say what's going on. But like, I feel like I'm about to get into the meat of that show, having had two episodes to kind of understand at first the premise and and then yeah. sort of the, the the participants. If you will, yeah. And now I feel like I'm ready for people to start inevitably dying. <laughs> but otherwise, I don't really know what I'm yeah. in for. No, it's it like it's a good journey. Let's put it that way. Like the start to end is a good journey, and there is yeah definitely there's one episode that's just like <clears throat> fucking heartbreaking. Like the way they've done it is very fucking good. I think I already know which episode you're talking about, just based on memes. Yeah, exactly. I, I forget if, I forget if I said this last week, but one thing that does inevitably happen when a show or anything like this becomes as big as this has become is it becomes the template for all the meme formats going forward yeah. that anyone uses. And so that's how you, yeah, you feel it, like you pick up half of the show. It, it, it's also a bit like, it's a bit of peer pressure, right? To just kind of be on it. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Squid Games come out. I better fucking watch it because everyone else is watching it and I don't want to have anything spoiled. And- like, my lit- my litmus test is my parents. And if they ask me about something, it's, <laughs> no, then it's, you know it's, it's reached them. Be. And then, yeah, then you, you got to know, you know? <laughs> 
Um, yeah. it's, it's quite funny. I had a, we had an email from my son's school this week saying um, uh, we've been made aware that children are playing Squid Game in the um, the playground at lunchtime. Obviously, this is a show that children shouldn't even be watching. It's an out of show. My wife and I were looking at each other like, it's about children's games though. Like, and obviously they're not shooting each other right. in the in the playground. So, are they just playing? What's the time, Mister Wolf? <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah. that's not. I think actually what's happened is the teachers have watched too much Squid Game. And now they think it's uh, yeah, exactly yeah, true. Just stop, stop worrying. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Kind of- and also, like, even if the kids did start running around pretending to kill each other, that's exactly what we did when we weren't playing games like What's the Time, Mister Wolf? Is we were running around with fake guns and yeah, swords, killing each other. No, 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 that's no, what, no, no. Like, that's what like an eight-year-olds do. Yeah, you know, sticks and stuff. Can, can I tell you the worst thing to come out of Squid Game? Yeah. Okay. Is how it infiltrates. Like you talk about the memes, Jamie, but memes are fine, right? Because they can come and go and blah, blah, blah. But you look at the trending page on YouTube, for instance, you'll see how many like the sidemen play the squid game. You know, yeah. like that, that stuff just fucking really grates me. Um, partially because I know that that's, that's just how you stay relevant on those social platforms. But it's just, I, I, I hate shit like that. It's like, oh, here's a cake that looks like Squid Game. Oh, here's an animation Ch- that's Squid Game. And here's this, that's Squid Game. And it's just like, I get it, dude. I get it, I get it. I don't care. <laughs> do, you, do, you know what, do you know what else it's done? Like, so that, like, the YouTube side of things, I completely agree. And the other side of things that it's been interesting to watch and I equally don't care about, uh, but I do worry it will start to create more of a trend through the games industry that it has already done, which is already pretty significant, which is... Games that have this is you know it helps if they're already very big or very popular games yeah that have room for fast moving fast turnaround user generated content like Minecraft and the particular winner here has been Roblox right um, yeah and like there was a Squid Game game within Roblox like within you know days if not weeks yeah um and like when all the when the time came for all the big streamers to come together and play. Squid Game, they did it through Roblox. I was right. just like, that's going to be a hot new thing. Yeah. Because it, 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 Roblox has already been used as a case study for like developers basically walking to the, laughing on the way to the bank as their users make the content for them. But the, <laughs> the, the other element to that is that the users will make the content for them faster than they could probably do it themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. About all yeah. the sort of like the, how long a roadmap would be for a studio to make like a, a squid game mode. Well, like these Roblox people did it overnight. Can, can, and there's no risk. They take none yeah. of the risk. Yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't reflect poorly on them if it's bad. And, and it's, all of a yeah. sudden now Roblox is how you play squid game. Yeah. It's, it's in, crazy. It's interesting as well that you said that because I saw that, um, is it play? Not It's not Platonic. Um, who, who's the Fall Guys developers? Oh, it is. It is Mediatonic and Mediatonic. Platonic and yeah. So, so Fall Guys. I I was reading an article that they had a version of Red Light Green Light that they were considering adding into the game before Squid Game came out. Right. And Interesting. They, and they canned it. And now that Squid Game has come out, they're kind of like fast tracking to try and add it into the game. Oh. Uh, but it's kind of like, but you didn't want it to begin with, but now you're just jumping on this fucking bandwagon, I, like. It, it it grates me. Like I understand it, I get it. It's like you know, it's it's good to be excited about things. Sure, I'm just a grumpy old fuck. I get it, but it just like it's, it's, it's. I don't know. I I kind of I don't mind that kind of cash if they were going to already do it. They'd already developed it. I kind of I'm with you in the sense of it's a little bit like you weren't going to do it, so why bother? But I can see why you would cash in. It's not quite as bad as um 
I think the sort of YouTube, whatever content where as soon as something is content, everyone does it. Like it's at least with those guys, they'd had the idea already. And then yeah, yeah. now they're like, it's actually more popular now. So maybe we should yeah. pursue it. But I, it, I see where you're coming from. Like, even it's worse, a- even worse, or all the fucking YouTube shorts and the TikToks, because they are so fucking low effort and they're getting like 14 right. million views because it's just gaming the fucking algorithm. Oh, don't let me. Like, the crap in the short shelf and on and short Facebook video is one of the worst as well. But like, just for like, that's those sorts of like low effort shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it doesn't, it's because it doesn't matter if it's shit. Like it's like, it, 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 it behaves yeah, but- in the algorithm in such a way and engages in the algorithm in such a way where it's like engagement almost becomes besides, like very few people I think li- actively like or dislike or leave comments on shorts. Yeah. It's right. just a, because the thinking for most people is if this is bad or boring, by the time I found out I'm close enough to the next one that it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was, you know what, it's a bit off topic. I saw the other day and it, it angered me how bad it was. It was one of those videos, you must have seen them, I think it was Facebook, where it was like a couple or um, friends or whatever, where one of them was pranking the other one, but they were so obviously staged to the point where they could see them doing the prank. Yeah. And I I was like watching it to be, because I was getting annoyed with it. And I was like reading the comments and just all these people going, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This is moronic. Like, I hate these people. How do I ban this from ever? Like, I'd never want to see these people on my feed again. And they all use the same shit music. Like, oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I don't have TikTok on my phone, so I don't know. Like, I, I presume, like, a lot of these uh, apps use the same, like, prefab, like, music choices. But I can, like, hum in my head the song you were listening to that was playing in the background. So as these husband and wife it, pretending it, it's to almost, It's almost another. like what they need to do with... Oh, here, here's the fucking million dollar idea. They need to take um Oh fuck, what's the They need to take the Tinder approach to shorts and TikToks. Oh, swipe it. Swipe it left or right, whether you like it or That's you don't like good, it. Man. And then like it. Interesting. shunt interesting. it down the algorithm so or shunt it you know up what, the algorithm. You know what you've created is you, you haven't create you created an app that you develop yourself and then they buy it from you. That's what that's a great, that's a, I would like that as well. If it's like, if you, and then it, and it builds and like you say, it builds an algorithm, a, algorithm around you and knows what you want to see. That's great, man. I like that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Buddy. yeah. Get her a so million. How are we, we not millionaires yet? Yeah. Or billionaires. Well, Jamie, come on. Like the reason we're not millionaires or billionaires is because we've been playing games and watching TV. So what have you been playing and what have you been watching? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've been watching Squid Game as well, um, but I think yeah, I, I almost want to wait until I finish that, and then maybe we can have a more in-depth review on it. Yeah. If there's actually any audience left for it by then, I feel like everyone's going to go crazy. Well, maybe and like if you if you do it quick enough, and if Jonesy kind of like gets involved as well, we could do a spoiler cast, which could be could be quite interesting for, True, for Squid actually. Game. Yeah, it's nine yeah, episodes, and episode eight is only half an hour. I'm only two episodes in. I've got a few, but I can I can get through those. It's not too bad. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's been a pretty first-person shooter-heavy week for me because Bank for Blood finally came out this week as a full release, and it is available oh. on Xbox Game Pass. On that, can we try? Can we try for tomorrow to do a a play? I cannot do tomorrow. No, oh, as we all just scumbag. talk about this stuff on the fly. <laughs> it's the weekend, and I. No, I'm not going to joke about having a life. I don't have one. I play video <laughs> games daily every single night. Uh, um, but yes, um, we will absolutely find time to do it soon. Cool. Um, and I think like that's one we look. We we all gave our thoughts on every alpha and beta that we already discussed yeah. earlier in the show. So I don't think 
There's much I need to say after an additional <laughs> hour of Back for Blood on my yeah. belt. Spoilers, of all of, it's good. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like all three of us will have played it, uh, hopefully together by this time next week anyway. So like, uh, you know, we'll put a pin in that and just say Back for Blood continues to be a Left for Dead-like experience that is fun with friends. Um, <laughs> the other thing I've played a little bit of that um, I am allowed, I check, double checked, and I am allowed to talk about as of when this podcast will inevitably go live is Crisis Remastered, which um, Trilogy. is actually. Yeah, so essentially, Crisis Remastered itself was actually already out. It had come out a little while ago, but now um, Crytek are releasing the full trilogy. So it's Crisis, Crisis 2, Crisis 3, all remastered, um, coming to PC. PS4 and Xbox One, and of course, if you have a PS5 or Xbox Series X, it doesn't have like a native version, but it does the cool thing that some games do where it knows what you're playing on and gives you nice frame rate stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, this was an interesting one for me when when because we, we got uh, sent this uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't kind of elaborate for you guys at the time, but I have this really weird thing where, kind of like with The Witcher, because they focused on PC stuff so much. The first Crisis is the only one I haven't really played. So right. it was fascinating for me to kind of jump in and play the precursor to two games that I did play yeah. when they arrived at 360 on 360 later on and kind of see how how different it was. And it was different. I'm still kind of getting to grips with like what was that kind of like I'm not going to necessarily say it was a weird time for first person shooters, but it was a time where people were still kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. And definitely. you know, Crytek you know, with their sort of experience with the Far Cry uh, prior to Ubisoft kind of days, um, you can definitely tell that it was a, it was a different kind of FPS, and, and um, it's interesting kind of wrangling with it and getting to grips with it in 2021. But um, I'm very much looking forward to playing through all three because I have fond memories of them. I genuinely do. Um, Fair. And and I, 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 I yeah. As a, like I think I've told the story before, but like I, I ended up um, liking Crisis Two so much that I looked up the person who wrote Crisis Two, and it was a gentleman. I think I told the story before by the I, name of Richard Morgan. I don't remember this. Which led me to look up Richard Morgan, and he had written a little book called Altered Carbon, which I ordered oh. from Amazon back in twenty ten or whatever <laughs> it was, and, and was reading that. So it's weird how that. So yeah, Altered Fair Carbon's enough. Richard Morgan presents. Crisis 2 Remastered. Um, yeah, it's a busy time for games, lots of new games, lots yeah, of AAA games, yeah. lots of stuff coming out. But I think Crisis is kind of like, I think it, it's it's been around for a while now and it means different things to different people, even if it's just the can it run Crisis meme. Yeah. I think it's interesting to see where the, all that stuff came from um, and to be able to play all three games kind of back to back on the same generation yeah. with the updated graphics and, and the improved so, performance. The port seems solid, by the way. I watched a Digital Foundry video on yeah. it. And, but so because I don't, I can't. Pick so people, obviously, you know. it's a it's a much older game, even though it's been remastered. Are you jumping yes. into Crisis One and thinking, "Fuck, this is a good looking game"? Because um, I think part of part of the reason why Can It Run Crisis was such a thing it was a because it was pushing graphical fidelity quite a lot, but also yes. b because it was a very unoptimized game. Right, right, right. Um... It, it, it's a diff. It's a difficult one. Um, like it, it, it does. It does feel like I'm playing a remaster of an older game. Like yeah, visually yeah. speaking, does it feel like I'm playing a remaster of a game that came out as long ago as 2007? 
Like when you think about like this hey, is a bad example. You think about what else came in two thousand seven, like yeah, like the when, when I was thinking about Oblivion, which came out in two thousand six, and what that looked like on home consoles. For, I'm sure it looked better on PC, but like you think about like Crisis had a far more refined visual style and presentation than a lot of games that were coming out in and around that era, and the lineage of how it got from that original PC version and the can you know can your PC run crisis means yeah. to how it got to where we are now with the kind of the 2011 ish re-release that I think came to Xbox live arcade and some, like there are some weird things about how we got to where we are now all in all, like no playing, playing this game. Now it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you're playing like an, an, an updated version of one of the best looking games of all time or one of the most graphically right. demanding games of all time, but it does still look nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I especially think I actually think they did a better job, arguably. Maybe maybe it was because easier it was easier work with two and three remastered, where those games looked and ran so poorly on home consoles <laughs> that the the sort of the sharpness and fluidity that 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 and the improvements in presentation, like they've taken this horrible color grade that those games had on, yeah, um, off. Like I'm actually looking forward to those games quite a lot. The first one is kind of like stuck in the middle. And yeah. I, I will say also. I mean, Digital Foundry have done this all for anyone interested in the, in the nitty gritty. But performance isn't amazing. There's a oh, choice okay. in modes, and like even on the perform like performance mode, which I think runs the game sometimes as low as 1080p on the PS5, um, is like one of the only ways to get a completely solid. It's not even a completely solid 60. Yeah, wow. and then like the okay. vi- the visuals mode, which like it's you get like in the 1440 to 1800p region, has quite bad drops. So it's like. It's not a perfect re-release, but yeah, it's a, but it's from what I gather, it's a very difficult game. To... Yeah, but you you kind of wonder like if you if you can't hit that consistent sixty, then why remaster it? Like what you know? But money, yeah, you've exactly. remastered it too much. Yeah, well, have, it's I mean, too have, mastered. Have I have I ever told you guys my um my Crisis Three story? No, you, you mentioned so. the other day that you were, you thought it was so so, but you didn't get to give us the story. Yeah, okay. So I, I've only ever played Crisis Three because I, I w- it was always like a case of oh, I really like the look of Crisis One. Oh, I really like the look of Crisis Two. I couldn't run any of it. Um, and then eventually I got, you know, stars aligned. Crisis Three came out. I had a PC that could run it, so I, I got it. And back and like for Crisis Three, it wasn't super demanding in terms of you know they kind of moved on from that EA. And um, God, so I'm playing. The, I'm playing this game, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's it's okay. It's got some really cool concepts, and I'm enjoying it. And then, about halfway through the game, I realized what each and every single level was doing. It was exactly the same. And what it would do is be a corridor that then gets you into an open area that then funnels into another corridor, and that is how each and every single level. Yeah, it's horrible out. when you realize how they've made it. Yeah, it's that is that anything because yeah. it ruins everything after that. And every time you come across the same thing again, yeah. it just ruins it even more because you're like, but but, but, but literally, like you, you think about the most basic way that you can create a shooter. It's like at yeah. a level, it's like a door that opens up to a big area that then funnels you into another door and no other choices. And that's what this game was. And it irritated me so much that I didn't finish the game. Eventually, I needed the space. I tried to uninstall it. Something, I, I, I can't remember the exact details, but something happened with the uninstall and it didn't work. It didn't uninstall the game properly. 
So then I reinstalled it. <laughs> Game and... just said no. <laughs> no, no, yeah, this, oh, it, it gets better. It gets better, Jonesy. So I reinstalled it and then I uninstalled it because, you know, it's like, no, you know, it's missing files, right, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. And then that fucked up as well. So I did it for a third time, went to go uninstall it. And it said, because it, it was EA at this point and it was very heavy with the DRM, it said, you've tried to uninstall this game too many times, so you can't uninstall it. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I swear to God, I swear to God. So what did I have so to do? Strange. I had to fucking delve into the world of EA customer support and explain to them that I'm trying to... Couldn't you? Yeah, because basically what it's saying is like, you've, de you've activated it too many times, so now you're on your last activation, but which means you can't deactivate it. What, what would happen if you just went into your program files and just got rid? Well, that's eventually how... That's how I had to do it, but there was something about EA and how invasive they were with their DRM. That, like, <laughs> Jesus. You That's could get amazing. rid of the game, but you couldn't get rid of the thing. Like, whatever it was, the fucking the thing. Right, the yeah. next week, EA are like, our install base is 110% of what it was at, like, at launch. <laughs> like, yeah, because you won't let yeah. anyone install yeah, exactly. No one game. is uninstalling Crisis 3. It's no, it was mental. It was mental. And I, I, honestly, like, I, I was like going to throw my PC against the wall. It was like one of those things that just drives you fucking mental. Even though, like, you know, the majority of the game had been uninstalled, and then it wasn't taking up that much space. But just the fact that it was like this, like, blemish on my system, I was like, I, 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 I just couldn't reconcile it. So trying to speak to EA, they were obviously being very un-fucking helpful. Um, and I think eventually I got like one of my programmer friends to help me just fucking scrub everything to do with Crisis 3 yeah. and EA from my machine at that point. And I was like, I, I don't want to know. Understandable. Fair enough. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, you've uninstalled the game too many times. Go fuck yourself. You it's must now weird. keep it forever. It's the most fucking ridiculous thing that I've ever fucking heard. Yeah. That sucks, and it, like I think the game, like the complaints about the game are valid as well. Like I think that was, and like a side effect of how they were pushing uh, the game on consoles as well at the same yeah. time. Because from what I gather, the first Crisis wasn't really like that. Yeah, it was yeah. A much more sort of like broad and open. But yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, EA, <laughs> they have a bit of a history of being balanced, whether they're fucking with Chris's uninstall uh, <laughs> limits or or doing other weird, horrible, businessy bullshit. But do you know who else has been making headlines this week for businessy bullshit? EA? It's, um... <laughs> EA did actually make some headlines this week. Maybe we'll talk about one of them, depending on how much time we have. But I was going to talk about Square Enix, who um, maybe don't quite make quite the same number of headlines as um, as EA when it comes to business bullshit, but they still have their fair share. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they've been up to some of, some of their old tricks again this week and it means that we get another chance to talk about 2020's most discussed game on the super show podcast ever um a little joint known as marvel's avengers wow jonesy i, I sort of half expected your eyes to light up and your ears to perk up at the mere mention <laughs> of uh your 2020 game of the year well i've already <laughs> wow um we've already talked about the uh the beta so you know the excitement yeah. for uh, marvel's avengers has already been exhausted for this uh this podcast jesus this game well um so for anyone that hadn't kind of been keeping track marvel's avengers was kind of like going about its business sometimes quite quietly occasionally making the odd headline nothing terribly bad you know, that Black Panther expansion did release at one point, and it seemed okay. The game also came to Game Pass, albeit without much fanfare, but that is a game you can now the theoretically play 
essentially for free on Xbox yep. or PC if you're signed up. Spider Man is still coming. Spider Man is meant to. St- Spider Man's meant to still be this year somehow. <laughs> like the, these guys have fucking two months to bring Spider Man out. Um, so things were still kind of happening. Again, not much of it negative, but not much of it positive either. But that changed this week when Square Enix went back against one of the promises they'd made to players and announced that the game would finally be receiving XP boosters, consumable XP boosters that can be bought for, you guessed it, real money. Now, um, for anyone wondering, this is actually a problem for two reasons in the eyes of fans. <laughs> First of all, as I mentioned, there was the aforementioned promise that they made pre-launch that they would only ever sell cosmetics. That promise now effectively broken with the sale of XP boosters. The other problem is actually a little bit more cynical, like <laughs> nasty almost on their side, and makes the whole thing look even worse, which was um, basically back in March, uh, the game received an XP nerf. It basically drastically reduced the rate at which you earn XP and subsequently the rate at which your individual Avengers level up. And the reason for that nerf at the time was that they were worried that if the rate of leveling got too high, uh, the rate at which people, players, unlocked things in in, in course with that leveling would also get too high and that would begin to become confusing or overwhelming for players, essentially, as they were getting abilities and whatnot too quickly. They maybe wouldn't have time to adjust which is why they nerfed the XP rate and they have now gone right back against that and started selling XP boosters. So for all intents and purposes, the thing they were at one point just seven months ago worried about because it might overwhelm players, they are now selling that overwhelming, selling that confusion and that feeling of being overwhelmed directly to the consumer. Uh, Boys, I mean, we can't necessarily be surprised, be it Square Enix's involvement in this or the fact that Marvel's Avengers, the game has happened to, but this, they, I should say also before we get into it, they haven't said anything. They haven't made a single (laughs) statement about this. They've just done this and walked away. Like, surely this is a weird, Jonesy, maybe I'll start with you as someone who played a fair amount of the game, a weird thing to be doing when like, this game needs all the help it can get to survive as heroes continue to come out and it's being launched on Xbox Game Pass and you're trying to hang on to every last itty bit of that game, uh, that player base that you've got. Like, why do something like this? Why do such a bad PR move so obviously? I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to be a real company man at this point and I'm going to say, I think this was smart because wow. the I'm game is... The game is dying anyway. The the number of players has gone down massively. They've nerfed it. They said they've nerfed it because people were getting stuff too quickly. If I remember rightly, you did like you you did go up through levels quite quickly when I, um I remember when playing it. Um, so take them at their word. People are getting overwhelmed by stuff they're unlocking, <laughs> and but then, okay, fair enough. You want to still give people the option to go through things quickly if they want to and if you they, they were happy to pay for that privilege and there's not many people left playing the game it just feels a little bit like they're just squeezing the fans that they've got left who are willing to pay to get to sort of get as much money out of that game as possible before wow. the inevitable death probably in 2020 early 2023 maybe at this point um so, so do you envision there almost being a graph uh, that they had alongside the launch of the game on Xbox Game Pass where it was like if player counts get above this line, we delay the release of the XP boosters. If player <laughs> counts don't go above this line with Game Pass, we start squeezing them for every penny. Absolutely, yeah. Totally. Jesus Christ. Totally. I mean, that is a pretty cynical but 
honestly kind of plausible way of looking at it. I mean, Chris, yeah, where do you stand on, on this? And like, the plausibility of Jonesy's theory and, I, and what you think is actually going on here? I, I think I'm pretty aligned with Jonesy, but I think I think it's probably the the opposite in terms of the graph that you're saying. I think they saw. This is what I'm thinking. Okay, right. I'm thinking Spider Man is the last content that they make for this game, and they're gonna and then they're gonna shut it down at the end of next year. So no no more content updates after Spider Man. I I'm, interesting. Even though they said that they're gonna continue it, I honestly don't think that they will. I agree um, with you. Yeah, Spider Man's maybe like Spider Man's a, con- a contractual thing. Maybe they just got to get out of the way. It most definitely something. is a contractual thing because it's yeah. a PlayStation exclusive. So yeah, they're working on that. They're gonna get that out. Maybe they're gonna wait for the. If I don't, I can't remember if Spider Man was a timed exclusive. But let's say it's a six month timed exclusive, and then they'll release it on other platforms. And then six months after that, they'll kill it. And I, I think because what they want to do is they want to start like hedging their losses, right? Like cutting their losses. Their player base has gone down. Yes, it's come out on, on Games Pass, which gives it a spike. And I think they saw that spike and they think, well, we're going to close it anyway. So, and it's kind of, this is where I align with Jonesy. But I'm saying that the, the reason is the opposite is that th- because of the spike, that's why they're sending in the XP boost. Because, because they're saying we have more people to expose to potentially buy this XP boost. So we're going to try and make yeah, as much right. money as possible, right? And on the XP boost thing to begin with, I think the reason that they slowed down the XP gain has got nothing to do with overwhelming players and more a case of saying like they looked at the graph and saying at this rate, people are going to get as high a level as they want and they're going to drop off the game and we want them to stick around a lot longer. Which yeah. is obviously only one part of a myriad of problems that they yeah. conceptually have with and that if, game. And if they want to get through the game faster, they're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you you know, like I I think it's it, I think it's a desperate move. I think it's a scummy move, uh, yeah. and I think it's a cynical move. Um, There's a weird thing as well that that kind of rings true of what you're saying, Chris. In that, um, if you've got a whole bunch of uh, Game Pass people who have gone into that game, have not paid anything for the game on its own, that maybe they're more willing to part with a bit of cash um, in order to, when they first yeah. get into the experience, to to boost the XP that they're getting in the early days. So yeah, maybe maybe that's another yeah. reason. For, and and, for and you know what? So. Don't don't feel bad for um, well, it was uh, IDOS, right? Uh, IDOS and Square Enix, or was it Crystal Dynamics? Crystal Dynamics, I think IDOS helped, but IDOS yeah. uh, Montreal are mostly working on the Guardians game. Yeah, yeah. So don't feel too bad for them because obviously the game did okay when it came out. Then they obviously got a bunch of money from the like the character passes. And then they got a yes. bunch of money from Microsoft to put it on Games Pass, obviously. And now they're going to get a bunch of money, presumably, from some of these XP boosts with a handful of whales. And boom, there you go. Like, yeah. You know, I, I think it was probably just, what, what Square Enix are looking to do is to kind of like draw even, potentially gain a profit and get out of the game. Yeah. Interesting then. If if I can then ask one more question to kind of put a bow on this, perhaps last Marvel's Avengers discussion <laughs> ever until it's officially dead dead. Unlikely, because um, Spider-Man still needs to come up. Oh, true, actually, yeah. Fucking hell. Plot to um, is Spider-Man completely like, changes the game. It's an amazing game. Everyone well, wants to play it. And it's th- this, is what I, this is what I was kind of going to ask. It's not to... You know, obviously, you don't want to do a post-mortem on a live game too early, because you can always live to be wrong. <laughs> but let's say this was like the death knell for this game. And Spider-Man was just like this last contractually obligated thing to get out of the way, and then it kind of dies. 
would you attribute the failure and the death of Marvel's Avengers more to the product they released, uh, whatever it was, 14 months ago, or the way they supported that product? Both. Which which one do you think is more responsible, though? Because I'm curious, in this in this age and in this era of never write off a live game, you never know who's yeah, going to be no, the no, next you, No Man's Sky. You're, you're right. Like, like did, should, should they have done more with the live um, element of this game? Absolutely. Or was that fundamental product too flawed to be in with in a way that perhaps even No Man's Sky we, wasn't? Look, we, we, we said it before on this podcast, right? What they needed to do, it, it, it's almost like they, they rested on their laurels too much, okay? Like, yeah, sure, you could say their XP gain was out of out of whack and maybe they shouldn't have had these character passes, etc. Leave that aside because that's not the actual issue here. The actual issue here is you've got a games as a service and you're not supporting that game as a service. Like you're saying you're going to release these character packs and you take way too long to release the character packs. And the character packs are like fucking Hawkeye. Who gives a shit? You know? Two Hawkeyes, Chris, two I'll Hawkeyes. have you know. But, but the point is that like... That's a very important, that's a very important uh, distinction. <laughs> sure, to make. sure. Two Hawkeyes, the, both with completely short and forgettable campaigns each. But the point is this: they they could be the the most fun characters to play, but it doesn't matter because they're not. No one wants to play as Hawkeye in a team. You want to play as Iron Man. You want to play as Hulk. That's all fine, okay. But what we said is that what they really needed to do, they've got this plethora of stuff to draw from, and they're not utilizing it. So, what we said is they needed more. We covered this before. They needed to release more characters sooner. And whenever they mm-hmm. releases, released a character, they needed to release an enemy, like, like a boss. And they needed yeah. to release like different enemy types to fall under that boss. Like if you think of like Spider-Man uh, on PS4, right? Let, let's forget Miles yeah. Morales because that was a little bit more stripped back. But like the original Spider-Man on PS4, that was like, New factions would come out and new new enemies and new bosses and go so on and so on and so on. And that just kind of built and built and built. And what they had the opportunity to do is kind of say, any fucking boss enemy from, you know, Captain America to Thor to Hulk and just fucking cram him in there. And it really should have been a game where everyone was there. And it never happened. Yeah, it did never happen. And if they had done that, because, because, like Jamie says, like there are elements to that game that are properly enjoyable, but there was no variety. There was there was nothing to it. It was like the same character types, same mission types, and like two bosses, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I I'd agree with everything you said. I think it's mainly the games as a service part was the problem. Because if you look at the base game, there was nothing out and out wrong with like the, the controls, the mechanics. I mean, some of it wasn't, you know, could have been better, but it wasn't, wasn't bad. And then if they'd have just had more content and they released it in a more timely fashion, I think, yeah, it would have yeah. been, could have, could have done quite well. I'd, I'd go so far as to say that they were in some respects over a year behind schedule in so much as you like, you look at the way they handled that Black Panther expansion, yeah, getting its own trailers and then it released and it had its own little side world and story. <laughs> Playable character, like, what, like I think, think there, I can't even remember if there was a new enemy faction in there. Yeah, was um, there would have been a that claw dude, right? Uh, he was a new the new boss, but I don't know if there was a whole new like enemy faction. Oh type, right, yeah, yeah. Like of like generic enemies, there might have been, but I don't know. But like that's the kind of thing that they should have had that like, like the first teaser, the first trailer for that expansion, ready for the day the game came out. Yeah. If that well, makes sense. That, for sure, yeah. That, that's the other thing, right? All those character packs, every single one that they had, 
every single one was delayed, wasn't it? None of them came out on time. Oh yeah, bro. Like we didn't get our first character for months, and it was it was it was like the female Hawkeye, and then months later, it was like now it's the male one, and it's like I know it's a funny, but it's like fundamentally, like those are different characters. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like they're also both Hawkeye. Yeah. But even like, even if they release. Even- even yeah. if even if all of those character packs had released in the first six months that the game had come out, the, my problem with it was like there was no nowhere near enough content to just differentiate from the the main body of the game that you've you already played. Like yeah. even those those missions, those new um, uh, campaigns that they released were like set in basically exactly the same environments that you'd already played yeah. the yeah. game with the same but, enemy types, and it was there was just not. It like, was, um, that, that's the problem with variants, right? And that's why I'm saying like you needed an. An yeah. enemy faction to launch alongside the the hero, and alongside the hero, you need to have the an enemy boss. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah. probably what they should have done is like if you say, just as a stupid timeline, like obviously it's not a timeline you stick to, but let's say you release you release a hero every two months, but you release an an, an uh, a like a boss type enemy every one month. Yeah, right. or even in, or even introduce like variant heroes. Yeah, like yeah. like except that like maybe like um fucking one Hawkeye is like a big one, and the next Hawkeye is a sub one. And, like maybe every in, in the in between month you get a sub one. So like like you could do a character that is like essentially an um like a a, a slightly more exaggerated palette swap on Captain America, for example. Like just replace the shield with like like a. Like I don't, I, I don't know something else that someone else throws yeah. in in the in in Marvel <laughs> and like go from there. Like, give us more. And do you know what the other thing they dropped the ball? And this is a weird thing to say, but it's someone who ha- has had a problem with this stuff before. I can tell you, they dropped the ball. In it is uh, cosmetics. Like cosmetics are things that people get excited about. They are things that people sink not just their teeth but also their money into. Yeah. And like I am someone who, as my Warzone account will attest, <laughs> like when I see things that look cool in a game I want to play, I want. I will, as an adult, I will make the stupid decision to purchase them. <laughs> and the amount of times yeah. I looked at even paid for skins in Marvel's Avengers and thought, "Fucking yikes!" Like, yeah, this, no, they're not. This good. is really what like a fucking exotic looks like. And this, like, he's just put in a pair of leather trousers. <laughs> it looks identical. Like, and, what's the point? And the other thing, I think the the character battle pass was a mistake. Or they could have had the character battle passes, but kept a seasonal pass as well yeah because that's what i think seasons yeah that's what keeps people engaged right like hey there's a new i think that stuff's irrelevant with, new- with with how badly they address the rest of the game i, I mean I, I i don't disagree but i think all that stuff ended up being irrelevant like we argued about it in the podcast before but yeah. i think yeah. the, the the rest of the game was so fundamentally like not broken just like not very well done not very well served yeah. it kind of became an irrelevance right yeah, yeah. It's you know what we're gonna get an interesting little um, test for Marvel's Avengers, not not Marvel's Avengers specifically, but at least the the route that Square Enix have taken on their journey through the Marvel's universe in under two weeks' time. Guardians when of the, the aforementioned Guardians of the Galaxy releases, and we finally get to see whether a single player, non microtransaction riddled, non live service Marvel game from Square Enix can succeed where this one failed. Jonesy, you look uh, panic stricken. I'm so tempted to get it. I think this one will succeed. I do. Um, I'm going to wait for the reviews, though. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> I, I, the thing is, I, th- I think... Uh, I know it seems stupid to predict this stuff so early. I think the reviews are going to be fine. 
I yeah. I think the review average will end up like in the seventies or eighties, and the consensus will be like, look, not every not every joke lands. The combat system's not like like the best we've ever seen, but like yeah. they made a solid single player Guardians game. I'd be yeah. totally happy with that. That that for me, it's for me with the with Guardians, it's like if the story's on point and the combat is fun and the the characters like are, are fun and and have some you know comedic yeah. timing, then I'm fine with that. It's um for me, it's it is it's more about like because those are all the elements that kind of they got wrong with um or the, although there were nowhere near enough of in Marvel's Avengers because it was a games as a service they didn't really care about the single player mm. thing so that's yeah. why with this I'm hoping that they've kind of said all the right stuff so far and weirdly because the game started off looking so kind of crappy in the first sort of uh, playthroughs and things that or um or like you know. They didn't really do reviews. They just did like whole sections where they played the game, like fifteen minutes of Guardians, yeah. and it looked kind of crap. But then <laughs> everyone's everyone's kind of said as they've got their hands on it, decided to play little sections. They've gone, the combat's surprisingly fun, and even though you can't control the other yeah. characters, you can have a good time with this game. And I've really enjoyed the combat. And it's like, also um, mm, okay. while we're talking about, while we're talking about skins as well, um, IGN literally uploaded a video today. Um, of the favorite skins they've and notice the wording here favorite skins we've found so far strongly implying like hey all these skins and cosmetics in this game are things you yeah. uh, find or discover or unlock and not purchase and sure enough there are over 40 skins in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy alone and I have sampled that 4 minute IGN video and some of them immediately look better than anything that was even available for purchase with real money in Marvel's Avengers. So there are so many mysteries around how that game got so wrong. Um, a particular favorite of mine is one where Rocket Raccoon is wearing a suit with sunglasses. And I don't know if this is something he does in the comics or movies. I've just forgotten, but he has like his beard in like a cool, like beaded thing. Oh, right, his yeah. beads in it. It's like long and thin. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that game reviews as well. Yeah, um, I, I think you're right though, Jamie. I think it would be like a solid seven to eight. I'd probably push it at eight, I'd say. I'd, yeah, oh, well, that's sure what I'm predicting. Joe, sure, Joe, sure it seems like it seems like a game my mum will buy me for Christmas. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, I think that's usually. And it'll sit on your that. shelf in the uh, wrapper for another year. Yeah, I mean, I'd hope uh, it doesn't get a sevens and stuff because that's a weird bracket where, like, so I just I was looking at what we were talking. Marvel's Avengers got sixty seven. Um, from mm. Metacritic, and so if if this got like seventy fives, I'd be like, oh, I don't oh, I know, see what you mean. I don't know. I, see what you mean. I need I need it to be like an eighty three <laughs> to yeah, be yeah. like confident. I don't I don't I don't think an eighty three is out of the question. Okay. I, yeah. What I'm really hoping is that there's some like you know how there are a few sort of like Idos Montreal uh, Deus Ex kind of like remnants in this game. How like there are like dialogue choices at points. Right. I hope some of those things end up being like the surprising positives. Yeah. Um. Uh, speaking of surprising positives, um, <laughs> the podcast isn't done yet. That's a surprising <laughs> positive right there. But I am tempted to take the almost unprecedented decision, uh, the unprecedented move, to throw it over to you guys and ask, like, if we were going to sort of like funnel down the remaining things we could talk oh. about into the things that we perhaps should talk about, uh, being conscious of time, not just uh, on the running time of the podcast, but also time local to us. Is there anything that kind of stands out? Because I don't really want to rob someone of something that they were passionate of talking I, about. I think we could we could do. I think we could just very briefly touch on all of them. To be honest, I like that. Jonesy, is that cool with you? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. 
But yeah, don't, um, they don't need to be a fucking post-mortem <laughs> of Marvel's Avengers. No, not not every... Because if we try to do a post-mortem, say, of this next game that we're going to talk about, we might be here for even longer. And that's because, as I hinted at earlier, FIFA has been making the headlines uh, this week. And for as much as they are trying to also, like Square Enix, get as much money out of our pockets <laughs> as they possibly can, they are also, this time around, trying to keep as much money in their own pockets as they possibly can. <laughs> Um, so for, any, for anyone that hasn't seen the news, and I know like FIFA isn't something that like ticks everyone's boxes, but I hope most people can agree like that there could be something fairly seismic here, depending on what happens. Um, essentially, FIFA license. Sorry, it's so hard to EA license the FIFA name yep. for their football games. But unlike say in the US, where like like in, in the US you have John Madden, right, who was a man. <laughs> and the NFL is 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 the National Football League yeah. in the US. In in it, here, FIFA is a global football organization. It's a football association. It's a very strange thing. And so, I th- it just kind of thing seems like something that EA have stuck with over the years because fans have become uh, familiar with the name and it's now recognizable as the the leading sports football game product probably in the globe. Some man in a suit will tell you. <laughs> uh, the issue is that uh, EA were rumoured last week to be starting to explore moving away from FIFA um, and exploring the idea of renaming. Uh, and then a new report has come out this week that claims the Football Association wants EA to pay more than double its current deal uh, to continue using its licence, which would be worth more than $1 billion for each four-year World Cup cycle, um, which is a lot of money for a name that is associated with an organisation that, isn't thought of that fondly in footballing circles anyway, uh, and I, has large ties to corruption. I, am I being crazy here that I actually don't think it's a lot of money? Uh, a, it, it depends what you, what you mean. It, it's, it's, it's not a lot of money for FIFA and EA, but it's a lot of money to use a license that you kind of shouldn't even want in the first place. It's two hundred and fifty million a game, basically. Yeah, right. Because it's, it's yeah, exactly. You're cycle. releasing a game every single year. All right, so unfortunately, as you might have noticed, we have once again lost Chris. There's something about the internet in that part of London. Just uh, always misbehaving, Jonesy. So unpredictable at this time of night. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think he actually might live in a dungeon. And I think this is uh, true. They get all excited about They all log in at <laughs> this exactly. time of night. One fifteen is when all the other dungeon dwellers log online. <laughs> <laughs> to do their exactly. dailies in Final Fantasy fourteen and Chris just gets kicked off. It's it's a whole battle for uh, for bandwidth. It's a whole nightmare. And it's a shame as well because we were knee deep in the absolute pig shit that is the situation <laughs> with FIFA and their battle with EA over whether or not that game that EA make that's currently called FIFA is going to be continued to call, be called FIFA. And I think we were just about to discuss the fact that like we had rightly pointed out that FIFA in terms of its naming rights, is indeed completely different to FIFA in terms of the players' naming rights or any of the leagues. So they wouldn't be losing any significant licenses as they have an impact on gameplay. They would just be losing the name FIFA. But then I was thinking about this, Jonesy, and again, this could be like a European or even a British thing. Is FIFA, and like there's Call of Duty, there's Grand Theft Auto, there's Madden, but like FIFA's got to be one of the most recognisable brand names in in the world, right? For a, like, just as in a social, I, I don't know how to define it, but I, no, I it's got to be up mean. there. Yeah, it has to be up there. It, um, yeah, like it, it has to be. It's, it's absolutely insanely huge. Although, I, 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 
I think with this, do you know what? I'm going to go with FIFA, get FIFA the game. I'm going to side with them and EA. And I'm going to say that I think at this point, FIFA, the fine, uh, football association, should probably play, pay EA for putting the only good spin yeah. on FIFA's name by this point. It keeps um, them relevant. <laughs> It keeps them relevant. People wouldn't even mention FIFA, I don't think, if it wasn't for uh, no. for the for the games. Um, yeah, it's 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 bad situation. I think is really bad because it, you can they want to change or they're gonna they're thinking about changing their names and they're obviously thinking of saying, oh, it's not gonna make that much difference. We'll change our names. I think it will make a big difference, and it will suddenly, um, if they're smart. I mean, they're not because they made a crappy game. But you know, if some of the competitors were smart, they could they could try and use that 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 like blip um in ea outputting fifa every year suddenly it's called something else that's a bit stupid yeah they could come along and go well totally. we're now that's, oh, that's someone else that's goes golf. and that's happening in golf 2k right. just signed a deal with tiger woods they've right. snatched him from from ea because they like they were they got out of the tiger woods game Literally. imagine if pro evo go to fifa and say we'll we'll license your name off you bro anything's better than eFootball. Electronic e- football, like, <laughs> well, no, but okay, I don't know because EA EA Sports FC is bad. So yeah, EA Sports FC is the trademark filing that some people have recently suggested is the uh, the moniker that EA are ready to adopt. And you're right, but then like, I'm going to challenge you now. Like, if you were in charge of this sh- shit, you've decided that it's not worth paying one billion dollars every four years for the FIFA name and you're responsible for coming up with EA Sports' brand new name for the flagship, world-renowned, one of the biggest franchises in the world, the, yeah. the artist formerly known as FIFA. You've got to come up with a name for a football game that you can just slap a year number on the end of and it works. Like, easy. Easy? Easy. Do I call it? Go on. FIFA. Spelt <laughs> F-E-E-F-A. FIFA. <laughs> or what about even better? T H I E F A. FIFA. Like they, they just stole it. Do you know what I thought for a second I thought you were gonna do is what they did with some other uh sports, most notably cricket and rugby. Um is just call it football. Mm, I don't like that. Fo- don't football like tw- football twenty two. Because football problems presents. They could do, but the problem with like obviously uh games is football in uh, is a little bit more confusing because if you're American then football means uh, uh, true. American so, football. So I, I I don't know. I think and you've got other types of football around the world. Like I think FIFA is actually quite a good name true, for it. True. I think F I think F E E F A FIFA. They just call it FIFA. They laugh in the face of FIFA and they say we're FIFA. And then in two years' time. Whenever people hear FIFA talking about the organization, they will think it's spelled F-E-E-F-A and they'll have to go, no, it's a, it's an acronym. It's F-I-F-A. And they'll be like, no, mate, shut up. It's so you know what? It, it would teach the real FIFA a real a lesson in, in knowing their value and knowing Thank their place you. in the world. And it would people be a humbling would, experience. And next year, you know what game would come out? FIFA 22. Hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm all about it. Do you know what I would also throw out there as a deep cut, and this this might not float with that many people. Hold on, hold on. I've got it, mate. I've got it. Before we move on, just call it FIFA F I F A, but lowercase I F A. It's it's an actual word. Oh, it's just the word. It's not the organization. It's not the organization. It's, it's just a word. It's FIFA. And just be like, hold on, isn't FIFA the organization? Be like, no, FIFA the game is much bigger than the organization ever was. It's just FIFA. Hmm. Sorted it. <laughs> I would I would like to see them infringe on the copyright of another football game, but a football game that died years ago. So I'd like them just to randomly call it like 
Virtuous Striker 2022 <laughs> or, or or Red Card 2022 or be, inter, inter, International Superstar Stocker International Superstar <laughs> Stocker 2022 for no reason. I don't. Or I, just hey, or still the Japanese name for Provo Winning Eleven. Just call it Winning, winning Eleven. 20. Wow. Yeah. I I I'm genuinely like if they change the name, I think it's a really bad idea. Like I don't think it works, but I don't think they should spend. They should pay FIFA a billion quid. I think that's yeah. madness. That's got to be FIFA's biggest source of revenue other than under-the-table payments from <laughs> Qatari billionaires for World Cup rights. Yeah. this is The actual problem that happened here is the only reason it's, an, it's a story is because they slid the paper upside up over the table with the figure on and a journo saw it rather than sliding yep. it money side down across the table. Yeah. No, see, that's the thing. No one does it like Set Blatter used to do it. And this, this, this new crew, they just, they're just not up as up with the old FIFA lot in terms of their uh, money grubbing ways it'd be interesting it'd be a really interesting case as well about um uh you know usage of um uh identities and, and logos and branding and stuff because if they did just keep it fifa but they spelt it differently i wonder yeah. if they would get in trouble for it like, obviously the most famous one always comes to my mind is like the wwf which became the wwe because world right. wrestling federation um, was the same as the World Wildlife Fund, and yeah. the the stupid people with the pandas got all annoyed, even though their organisation was n- yeah. nowhere near you, this same size. You also get the other thing where certain things that should be like uh, trademarked terms or company names or product names become so ubiquitous that the trademark can't be upheld anymore because right. it's just commonly known as some. Um, I think I think sellotape is one of those. Oh, wow. Wrong. Okay. Yeah, because like, that's a brand name, isn't it? Sellotape. Yeah, but it's like they couldn't uphold the trademark because sellotape just became like people don't, don't, no one calls it what it is. They call it sellotape. There are other examples of it that I, I think love. Hoover might be uh, an example yeah. of that. Although that's, I think, I gather that's a bit of a British one. Like, I think right. Amer- like Americans still say vacuum quite a lot. Vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they look at us weird for saying Hoover. But yeah, Hoover Hoover is another one. We're like Hoover's a company and we're out here buying Dysons and calling them Hoovers. <laughs> I know um uh don't I think Americans say Kleenex instead of tissue. Like yes, give, that's... give me a Kleenex. They also say about copying something, they'll say Xerox it. Yes, that's yeah. So they, they they have stupid ones as well. Don't Astro get... AstroTurf, Band-Aid, Biro. Right. Cash oh, point, chapstick, Coke, I guess. Yeah, that kind of counts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fiberglass, Frisbee, Hoover, like you mentioned. Jacuzzi, JCB, Jeep, Jet Ski, Lava Lamp, Lilo. There's all kinds. I was also looking, I was a Wikipedia article the other day that kind of on a similar line, and it was um, the um, redundant, It's it, so the, the name itself is um, is one of them, but it's called RAS Syndrome. And the RAS stands for Redundant Acronym Syndrome. And it's when, basically, people continue to use one of the words that's actually a part of the acronym after the acronym. And the examples are like ATM machine, when the M in ATM stands for machine. DC DC Comics, when the C stands for comics. Comics. And LCD display, when the D stands for display. (laughs) Display. And so the thing is called RAS syndrome, but the RAS stands for redundant acronym syndrome. So it's redundant redundant acronym syndrome. Syndrome syndrome. syndrome. Oh, there was one. Oh, that's going to bug me now because there's one I heard recently and I hear it quite a lot that really bugs me when people say it and I can't for the life of me think of what it is. Damn. I I wonder. It wasn't HIV virus, was it? 
No. Or U- UPC code? <laughs> no. Or OPEC countries? There's all kinds. Oh, that's, that was actually one that we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Please RSVP means please respond, please. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Please anyway. Please. Yes. Um, do you know who has responded to fans recently, Jonesy? Who? It's Activision. They've Ooh. been up to all kinds of hijinks this week. Surprising. Um, I know. Well, the extent to which they've listened to fans probably varies for, <laughs> depending on which <laughs> fan you talk to. But they've been busy this week. They've been doing some things that fans have been asking for. They've been doing some things that fans haven't been asking for, as is always the case in uh, the run-up to a brand new premium release from this series, which for anyone that had forgotten, this year will be Vanguard, the sledgehammer-developed uh, game set in World War II that is due out sometime next month. Uh, one of the curious things um, about Vanguard, though, that we have uh, now got our eyes on for the first time is that while it is primarily being developed by Sledgehammer and they're working on the single-player and multiplayer components of the game, um, Vanguard will have its own zombies mode, but rather than Sledgehammer handling zombies themselves, the veterans, the legends of the zombies game, Treyarch, are in fact coming back once again to do the zombies mode themselves, and we got our first trailer for it uh, today. Funnily enough, Jonesy, I watched this trailer. Do you know what it looked like? <laughs> what did it look like? Kind of looked like Call of Duty zombies. Yeah, they like after the first zombies in World at War, I loved that, and every zombies after that, I've been like, okay. And some people got so into. Look, don't get me wrong. There was a kind of like a an era in like in just after World at War where I understood the appeal of like the Easter eggs and stuff like that. Right, yeah. But now it's gotten into what I believe is refer- referred to as the Dark Ether storyline. And the idea that there are people who have been following this through uh, Black Ops 4, I guess it would have been, to Black Ops Cold War, and now through to Vanguard, like, I'm amazed that this thing still has legs. And not as a fun, like, side mode, that makes sense to me, but as, like, a story-driven thing, I'm surprised it's still going. It's weird now, though, because if you try and get into it, it's it's it's, it's almost a little bit inaccessible. It's not a fun side mode anymore. It's, because it's got all the backstory, I think it, I found it kind of, like... Every time I try and play it, I'm like, what is going on here? Like, it's, it is, mm-hmm. you can kind of just get in and play it, but at the same time, you definitely feel like there's a lot more going on and there's a lot of like, a lot of lore and a lot of ways to interact with that world that I have no idea about because I've, I sporadically hop in and out of the zombie modes. I never play them like to any sort of really same. Um, same. I'm, I'm glad. I think it makes sense that Treyarch are, d- are the ones who are dealing with it though. Like, like you say, they've, they've got all the experience in it. So why the hell not? Um, makes total sense. True. But there is one element of it that um, I think I noticed and some other fans were quick to notice as well, just based on this trailer, is do you remember there was a period and it was a time where you and I weren't really playing zombies modes actively, but they were going out there and they were getting sometimes some pretty decent, you know, uh, named celebrities to come in and lend their likeness and sometimes even right. voice roles to the to, to zombies. I think like, there was one year where they had like Jeff Goldblum and Kiefer Sutherland and, and people like like. There was one year where they did a bunch of like people who played gangsters in like eighties and nineties movies. Like they did some cool stuff. Um, this appears to be a zombies mode where you will play as essentially just the operators from the multiplayer. And from the looks of some of the shots in this trailer as well, parts of it at least will also just take place on versions of those multi- multiplayer maps. So, so there are some people saying here that. Whether it's a timing reason or a budgetary reason uh, remains unclear, but we might have slipped 
back from that world of, you know, getting big name actors and celebrities to come and lend their likeness to these pretty unique modes that had unique settings and their own levels and their own designs to kind of just like have they fudged the zombies mode out of the assets that were already designed for Vanguard, which would be a bummer. I I don't think it would. I would actually think it would be better. Personally, interesting. Like, interesting. I, I think going back to the core of what a zombies mode should be in my in my mind um is not a bad idea if if they reuse all those assets but they reuse the maps but they just zombify them a bit and they use like um you know boarded up windows and you've got to go and da 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 and you've got to shoot zombies in the face i think the core zombie gameplay can be really interesting fun. and they sack off some of this you know, the booby traps and the ether stuff and the teddy bear and the blah, 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 blah. That but, the, but the thing is, are you not then worried about the fact that the people who do still play zombies are then the ones you're neglecting? No, because they've they've had years of it now. They've had years of that storyline of that. <laughs> so basically, Lord. you've had your fill. Now it's the time for the people who haven't enjoyed it since World at War to get their fill. Is that what I you're d- saying? I feel like making it more... I, I wonder if uh, they've seen a decline in the number of people who were playing zombies over the years and and going further down that route is not going to bring more people in. It's going to be more of a decline. So maybe it's almost like a reset. And maybe they can put something together which is the best of both worlds. So you keep those maybe. people on side and you still make a cool zombies mode. Maybe. One nice thing, at least, about zombies, whether you played it during um, the World at War era of Call of Duty or whether you've played it right up until recently, is that fundamentally you are playing against NPZ zombies, so there's no opportunity for any of those <laughs> particular zombies to get infinitely better at the game than you and start doing ridiculously uh good 360 no scopes or quick scopes or anything of that nature that is however still a threat on the multiplayer and when you're talking about Call of Duty multiplayer by extension nowadays you're also talking about warzone um and some people jonesy when they can't do their favorite no scopes and quick scopes they seek uh, alternate means for achieving success within the video game uh that's right some of them Turn to cheats, believe it or not, the scum. Dirty, dirty cheaters. Exactly. And if you listen to Warzone content creators, in that game especially, perhaps because of its free-to-play nature, cheating has become an increasingly significant problem, one that Activision and Raven Software have uh, referenced and acknowledged over the months, and now it seems like Call of Duty are finally ready to pull the trigger on their big, uh, much-anticipated plan to curb the cheating issue that plagues Warzone and all other Call of Duty competitive modes. And its name, Jonesy, get this, they've given it a full name, is Ricochet. Like, Ricochet. I, I love the idea for like some, and the, a name that sounds like it belonged to a gladiator in the show Gladiators, <laughs> by the way, not like yeah. a, not like an actual, like in the Coliseum shit. Um, and it's for like, but just the idea of a whole rollout and a big logo and graphical treatment for a fucking, you know, anti-cheat, anti-cheat. software. Yeah, that is, um, that is hilarious. Also, it's something that's only come like a year too late or maybe even more long. Exactly. And while we're taking the piss out of the name and the rollout, it seems like they might have also shot themselves in the foot with that ever so slightly. Um, so to explain for anyone that has kind of hasn't read much about Ricochet, how it's going to work is it is essentially... Uh, Get this, Jonesy, this is the most double dutch I've probably ever spoken on this podcast. It's a server-side and kernel-level anti-cheat solution. Server-side, I think we can all pretty much gather what that means. Kernel-level is something I've had to learn about. And from what I gather, it's something that, as the name almost kind of suggests, leaves something almost on your computer that runs in the background of the game that can tell if any other applications or 
uh, programs are running at the same time that might be interfering with the game. Uh, it has been used in other games, uh, sometimes to good effect, sometimes to bad. There are a couple of examples recently, like Doom Eternal and Valorant, that did sometimes prove controversial, um, given the high degree of access they uh, give uh, the software to people's systems. But in the case of, say, Valorant, for example, it has been praised as ultimately being successful, their anti-cheat solution. I think the issue, though, is Call of Duty have been kind of bragging a little bit, um, talking up their anti-cheat solution, talking up Ricochet, giving it a big flashy name. They put out some posts, I don't know if you saw, but the day before they announced Ricochet, they were like, they did some stupid like text-only posts where it's like, cheating ruins our games, so tomorrow we're changing things. We're changing. It was like one of those, you know, super like smoldering, <laughs> yes. ridiculous, over-the-top like 90s action movie speeches about ending cheating. Turns out, I think the people who develop cheats kind of saw that as a bit of a challenge. <laughs> and um, it's worth noting that this anti-cheat solution isn't even out yet. It's going to launch later this year, like alongside Vanguard and the new map for Warzone. But um, essentially, people who develop cheats, people who develop paid-for cheats specifically, have already claimed to have got access to the kernel driver and reversed it. Um, now, of course, it remains to be seen if that's true, but... Um, Without being cynical, Jonesy, if you go out and develop an anti-cheat software and you're talking it up and you're making these pithy, like, over-the-top statements about tomorrow's the day we change the world forever, introducing Ricochet, do you deserve to have people come and figure your shit out and reverse it immediately? Uh, it doesn't matter if they do um, their cotton because if there's anything I've learned from uh, watching Star Trek over the years, it's that you can just switch the polarity of the anti-cheat and you can do it quick enough so that the the cheat software can't figure out what it's doing and you haven't got to worry about it so they will be ricochet will be absolutely fine your team ricochet then i i, I just kind of think this is a little bit uh, a bit of performance theater from um activision <laughs> i think uh if they really were serious about sorting any of this stuff out they would have done it ages ago um I, it, right the, it's interesting. the The more you start to see and hear about anti cheat and and uh, Warzone, it kind of makes me think. I wonder if the player count has started to dip a little bit, and oh, that they've yeah. and they've said, okay, we've we've lost the you know the the big hump in the in the players. So now we can start to address problems with the game. Like, because I wonder if there's an element of do not mess with it while we're at the top. You know, like while we're doing really well, don't mess with what's going on because anything's just going to bring us down. Like we're not going to get more players because now it's anti-cheat, but we might lose players. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I mean, it's about time they did this. And even if the, even if the driver thing leaked and they're if they're serious about anti-cheat, I think they'll just sort it out. I don't think it'll be even be that difficult for them. Yeah, so. it like it doesn't seem to be a problem unless I'm just being obnoxious and like just not looking out for it. It doesn't seem to be a problem that most other. So certainly, you know, PC-based competitive shooters seem to have. Like, I'm sure, you know, you know, the, the CSGOs and, and what have yous over the years have faced uh, cheating and hacking problems. But, like, like we mentioned, Valorant seemed to be doing an okay enough job where content creators weren't constantly uh, complaining about it. Right. But if you follow any Warzone content creators or part, even part-time Warzone content creators, it was all they were talking about for a while there, which is why I think there was so much pressure. There, yeah. yeah, there's definitely something that they want it that they know that it gets views, the content creators, so that I'm sure that there oh, is yeah, something like hammering it up. Like I've I haven't played Warzone for a while now, but I don't 
I'm trying. Uh, maybe I'm just being naive, but I don't feel like every game I was in, I was getting taken out by cheaters. Like it didn't seem. Oh like no, that was the case. Like, you and me probably weren't because we're like average at the game and we play on console. That's the other thing. Well, with crossplay, I mean, I would imagine you still see a lot on, of yeah. the PC people. But no, yeah, maybe, maybe that's that's a good point. So maybe it would have been more of the sort of the higher end stuff. But um, I think, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think it's, I think this is a, um, a a thing that they could have, they could just sort out if they really wanted to, if they really gave a shit about. But yeah, it seems like a problem that like has been fixed elsewhere and also would go away should enough money and enough smart people be thrown at it. Like it's not an insurmountable problem. You can stay ahead of this shit. Yeah, you, of course. You absolutely should be able to. It's, it's kind of laughable that you, yeah. that you can't. Someone, I've, I was watching a video the other day, actually, of a guy playing Warzone, and he was, um, I can't remember who it was, but he was basically saying, it's easy enough to identify cheaters because like, just, to, just to have a look at them, he said, like, you don't even need software. Like, if you've got yeah. a, um, a 20 to 1 KD, like, yep. you're probably cheating. Yes, it was like you don't. There's there's not even a like you don't need to um, have any insane algorithm software, whatever. Like it's surely at the very surface level, you can just yeah. have people checking accounts, watching them actually play the game, and you can see in two seconds if they're cheating or not. That's what made some people so annoyed, right? Exactly. That, like, yeah. You have this ground level where you're like able to say, okay, here's the level that the best Warzone players in the world reach. If someone who created an account two days ago is better than them by an order of like. Like fucking two or three times, they're probably cheating. If it's any more yes. than that, then they're like, like yes, it's such yeah. a good point. It's such a good point. Like it's really not like you. You can honestly draw a line, and you're like, make sure that every account that achieves over like a fucking ten kd is manually reviewed. Yes, because absolutely. like the the percentage of them that will be genuine will be in in a fraction of a percent. And that and uh, if they're over twenty kd, you ju- they're. <laughs> Bad so, yeah, without even exactly. like, looking into because it. Because it, it, it's 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 like it's like imagine if like like imagine if uh, people decided that because of COVID you could do the Olympics from home, you could run the hundred meters from home, and all of a sudden someone you'd never heard of, some fourteen year old in some other part of the country, was like, "Yeah, I just ran a four point He'd be <laughs> like, "The same well, level." Like, <laughs> how yes. about we just draw a line where like anyone who claims they can run it in under nine seconds out of nowhere. <laughs> We just it, it just it was wipe it from the record immediately, because if you can do it in under nine seconds, which you probably can't, we would have already heard of you because you would have already been one of the fastest people in the world up to this point. So it's actually it's it's interesting with like um you just like using mathematics and stuff and using statistics. Um, it's a different kind of area, but it's a, I think it's a similar thing to what you're talking about. But um, I I was watching uh like a. Uh, fitness like weightlifting is a channel that I watched quite a lot recently and this dude was saying um if you talk like you actually if you look at statistics he was saying like if you look at like what the average person's going to score at this thing he said then you have your outliers and then you have a like a bell curve and it suggests mm-hmm. where the best people and the worst people are going to be and he was like if you've got people that are like on the extreme edges of the outliers like that's possible right you can have people who are just really good at a game or just really um capable at doing something that's fine you can have the outliers when there are people who are outside of the 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 bloody curve the the statistics completely like like you've said they are a 14 year old kid running the 100 meters in 4 seconds or in this case like a a kid who's never logged into warzone before and he's got a kd of like 100 like, right they, you don't even need to review them you can just ban them because it's not true it's Absolutely. not true Absolutely. it's bullshit Absolutely, um, and if they're real and you ban them and you you shouldn't have banned them, then guess what? You've just found the best quality player in the world, and you're rich anyway. You just hired them, or you sign them to your team. Like, 
And they complain then, because they got because they got booted. And you can have a button like you know, you, um, click this button so that we review your. We've got all your footage from your games. Click the button and we'll yeah. review it. And do you know what? Ninety nine percent of them aren't going to click that button because they know you'll see them cheating, and they'll just yeah. be like, no. Yeah. Simple solutions, Jonesy. To simple problems. You'd think it think, was, but you well, know. I think we're really what they're missing is is how much they just need to hire us and let us leave that team, <laughs> and how uh, reasonable our salaries would would be um, at a six figure starting rate. Um, we yeah. are very attainable. Basically, this is a come and get us plea. Uh, Activision, if you're listening, we're here. We're podcasting. We're ready for your love and affection. We know that you need employees, so reach <laughs> exactly, out. Clearly, clearly, we're ready to lead the Ricochet Initiative, which is how it's going to be referred to from now on. You can't say the word Ricochet without the word Initiative. <laughs> I like it, the Ricochet Initiative. Um, but Jonesy, if we don't get hired by Activision and we continue to uh, <laughs> go on uh, with life as it has been lately, we're going to continue to need brand new games that we can play and react to and bring to the podcast to talk about. Although nowadays, the line between brand new games and remastered or remake titles is, continues to be blurred as, as more and more classic games get brought back to the forefront. And are they remakes? Are they remasters? Are they a new title together? No one really knows. But there is one particular legendary title <laughs> that I would never have heard of if I had not met you all those many fateful years ago. Um, Game that I won't that shut is, up about. That is finally coming back. Um, I, I almost want to let you do the honours. Jonesy, in 2022, what can the folks at home look forward to the return of? They can look forward to the uh, the return of Joe and Matt Caveman Ninja. Um, Joe and Matt Caveman Ninja. On PC and consoles. So um, that is going to be an exciting and, and- time. It's a, I'm going to get this right, it's a remake. It's a remake remake. Yeah, it's a remake remake. Some of the stills I've seen of it, um, uh, some of the screens like, are completely redone. They're not remasters. I mean, the, the artwork's totally different, um, obviously in keeping with the style. Uh, it's, it's it's an interesting one. It'll, I'll definitely play it. That was a game that I played the absolute crap out of as a kid on my SNES. Um, mm. Loved it. Um, yeah, it's going to... It's it's gonna feel dated, like even the remake, because it's, it's the type of game. It's not dated in that sense, but dated in the sense of like it's a it's a two D um, platformer, like side scrolling. Yeah. So it's gonna feel it's gonna feel a bit dated in the in the gameplay type. But at least they're redoing all the visuals. I'm sure they're gonna do the sound and all of that sort of stuff as well. So it should be pretty pretty interesting. I tell you, I'm gonna bet. Can I bet now? Something they're yeah, gonna of remove course. What, out what's... of the game. Oh, interesting. Okay, yes. What are they? What do you think they're going to remove? But it's will, going to be something sexual. Will they remove it, or will they, I'm going to say they will remove it. It's because I've seen, I've heard this mentioned. Um, actually, it depends who's making it. I'm going to say they're going to remove it, and I don't know who's making it. So there you go. So we'll just find out. Uh, it doesn't I don't matter. Know. At the end of every level, when you saved the, because you're a caveman, obviously you're a caveman ninja, but yeah. you were saving the cave women. They were of stolen course. by like. Um, pterodactyls mammoths uh, t-rexes uh like all different sorts of animals whatever they'd come and like steal the women and take them away get to the end of the level you do a big boss fight or the end of an area sorry do a big big boss fight and then you'd save the woman and she'd run up and she'd give you a kiss on the cheek because you saved her now i think that that might get 86 from the um uh, i don't know that that seems it seems fine simple but I enough think it, it could be taken out. I'm, I'm going to say I, it will I, be. I've just read something that is definitely not going to make the cut. 
Did you know about this? The Japanese version of the game includes a beginning scene in which cavemen enter a hut and emerge while dragging cave women by the hair. The scene was removed from the US release with Data East stating, we didn't want kids to see the Japanese display and think it was okay. Was that in the UK version or the European release? Cavemen uh, dragging women, cave women by the hair? If so, that might get cut. Maybe. I thought, I thought the opening was that the animals will come and take the women away, but maybe not. Maybe it was other cavemen. I, I remember cavemen coming at the beginning, actually. So maybe they did. Maybe to, they I'd did. Have, I've still got the game, I think, and I've got the SNES, so I'll have to plug it in and have a look. Fascinating. I'm, I'm just glad that it's happening because, again, it's a game that I would never have heard of. I'm sure it was like a fairly big deal back in the day, but... It, you, know, you know one of those things where it's like there's like a a word or a phrase or a place or a name of some like movie or something like that that you've only ever heard out of one person's mouth and so you hear it the way they say it like a band it's a yeah. often a band that you've never heard of and that are really unpopular yeah this is one of those games where for you that I have and for, for a while there I think I I think if you'd asked me to spell it I'd have just spelt it the way it sounded like you said it which is where like Joe and Mac ends up becomes like becoming like one word <laughs> right. Joe and nah, Matt they're Caveman brothers. Ninja. One's blue, one's green. Joe and Matt Caveman Ninja. I mean, it seems so simple with hindsight. Who else would have thought about that? Brothers, red and green color scheme, simple platformer made for the Super Nintendo. Um, Some of the teams, you know what I used to love about that? One thing I did love about this game, though, and it's, it's where you first like bump into um, uh, mechanics, I think, in games as well, is that and you don't you see them very often. Or you, mm-hmm. up until that point is so in this game you can change your weapon like quite a lot so you start off with like a club and then you kind of get a crappy little like um he just throws a club and then you can like get stone weapons and you end up with these like rings okay. that you roll out and then they just follow the the terrain and they just run over everything and it was that little kind of that excitement when you suddenly get one of the best weapons in the game and you're like, oh my God, I've got the fire that you can throw out and it sets fire to everything. And like, you just get so happy. Um, and then you die and you lose it and you go back to your shitty little club. Well, again. there's that, yeah. Oh, Because I was going to say, until you talked about the fact that you die and lose that progression, I was going to say, I feel like that was also why you always used to like and bring up the game Rune. Rune. Because you really liked the progression in it. Oh, you start off like a little boy with nothing. And then by yeah. the end of the game, you're some jacked Viking with like a helmet <laughs> and shield and sword. It was like the first, my first ever exposure to like kind of RPG, um, but mechanics that stay in the game. Like you progress and you don't lose it, you know, when you get to the end of a level or whatever. I think, like, what I re- discovering- can I guess there's another game that you've only ever heard out of my mouth? Yes. Is it Super Pro Robotech Alien Rebel? It, it, it is, yes. It absolutely is. Because that was called something else in other territories, right? Contra Spirits, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, Super Probo... Oh, Jesus Christ. Super Probo Tector Alien Rebels. So strange. That Holy. whole scene about, like, games being, like, developed by one studio for, like, one platform and then being ported for, like back when you could get something on the Super Nintendo and the Genesis made by different teams, <laughs> slightly different presentations and all this kind of shit. I, like, I loved all that stuff. So, um, so weird, yeah. Do you know what? This makes me think that there's a need for, like, you need your own, like, video game publisher that exclusively makes and publishes either just remakes or re-releases or even remasters of the classic games that you grew up with, but that and nothing else. So it would, would be Super that. Robotector Alien Rebels, Joan Mac Caveman Ninja, Rune, Pilot um, Wings. Pilot uh, Wings, sure. I'm, I'm trying to think of some other like legendary ones, but... Oh, I don't know. Oh, probably I, I, Turtle, Turtles in Time. Yeah, well, I, do you know what? I'd love to go through, back through old, if we had the ability to go through old six lists 
and see all like, the, like, the references <laughs> thrown in there. Because that was where most of the stuff came from. Yeah, for sure. Joe and Mac in Super Probotector would be recording sessions where those games would inevitably come up. <laughs> so comparison. Yeah, yeah. Long time, long time ago now. A long time ago now. But hey, look how far we've come. We're still going. We're still podcasting, and we're still talking about Joe and Mac somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can't wait for twenty twenty two. Exactly. Yeah. Well. We will continue with any luck, unless like something tragic happens. I don't know. I might die. Could have suggested someone else would, but I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, guy, a humble guy, so I might die. Just being honest. Um, but assuming we all remain alive and interested in video games, we will continue recording recording this podcast and delivering it to you at two a.m. on on a Friday morning, where the words are barely leaving my mouth anymore. Um, so yeah, uh, shout out to Chris, um, who obviously was unable to make it with us to the end of this podcast, but um, I want to say thank you to him for his uh, lovely commentary and discussions and camaraderie up to this point. Thank you to you as well, Jonesy, for joining me up to this far and for uh, for making this podcast so damn memorable. Like thank I know, thank you, thank you for hosting. Of, no, it's my. Lots of people say, "Oh God, you know, there are ninety-three of these things by this point. It's so hard to differentiate between a good one, a bad one, a legendary one, or a classic." I can tell you right now, this is an all-time classic. Like, this is this is one for the history books. In many years from now, when we're into the thousands of episodes, they're going to go oh, just. Do you remember ninety-three? Scars for a bit of quiet in the room, a little bit of decorum. Do you guys remember episode 93? <laughs> and someone at the back of the room will go, is that the one where they talked about the Joe Mac Caveman Ninja remake coming to PC and consoles in 2022? Game that went on yeah. to win all of the awards that year and become game of the year. Yeah. Oh, man. And if you want to see us react to that game of the year award <laughs> um, recipient live, and make sure that we keep going for the hundreds, if not thousands of episodes, then please do keep watching or listening. Remember, you can watch on YouTube. And if you're over there now, you can like the video, you can leave a comment, maybe even own yourself a comment of the week award. It's not really an award. We just read it out loud on the next episode. And if you want to listen to the podcast, you can do so on podcasting platforms of your choice. Spotify, Google, Apple. There are other words that go with some of those words, but I can't remember them now. So those are the words you're going to get. Remember, patreon.com forward slash super show if you want to do a little pledge and support us and keep us going. Uh, and with that, we say thank you very much for listening and or watching whatever you've chosen to do this time. Maybe you're listening on Paisley Radio. Shout out to the Paisley gang. Thank you again, Jonesy and Chris, for uh, for standing by and being so lovely as always. And Can I, we'll can I pick a guys. code word before we go? Oh, code word. There's always something. Oh, can, we have, can we just have the, the ricochet initiative? The ricochet initiative. But everyone has to say it. Type it like you're saying in a gravelly voice. Or, or put, it in, put it in a, a, cool, a cool sentence. The Ricochet Initiative. Exactly. You imagine you're writing like the opening monologue from the Colonel in a Metal Gear Solid game, <laughs> except instead of nanobots or nanomachines, it's uh, the Ricochet Initiative. The Ricochet Initiative. And with that, we wish you luck on your task writing those monologues, and uh, we will see you all next week. See Bye. Ya. God, I fell apart at the end there. <laughs> I am. I am in bits. It is very late.